Welcome to the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. Now sit back, relax, and rewind your mind. Reminisce with friends you didn't even know you had. And if you weren't there, then this is news to you. What's up? How you doing? Welcome to another exciting episode of the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. I am Mikey. I'm Corey. And uh, that, that belt you heard was authentic uh, Corey getting warmed up for our, uh, our topic here. So, hey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we, we got a lot to talk about on this topic. So, we're going we're, we're gonna to jump into it, but we got to think back. Nowadays, when someone calls you or calls someone a nerd or a geek or a dork, what do you, I mean, what do you think? I mean, what, what, what is your, what does it put you in the mind of? These days. Um, these days? Yeah. Well, I usually just say, yes, I am, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not but, really I mean, these an days, it's not, it's not an insult anymore, no. It's yeah. like, you know, I'm a fucking, yeah, I'm a nerd or I'm a geek. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. I, I do this or I'm into this or I'm, you know, watch this. And, yeah. You know, I don't care what people think. Yeah, it's become kind of, you know, the, the nerd culture has become almost a, a, a cool thing. You know, to, some people don't understand it, but it's cool to be that into something. Yeah. You know, to be a geek about it, to be a, a nerd about it, and to be called a dork, I mean, I almost take that as, you're funny. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, you dork, you know, you're just being goofy, you're funny. So it's almost a, a compliment, I think. Well, back when we were kids. Oh, back in the 80s. Back in the 80s and early 90s, it was not a compliment. I mean, if you no. got called a fucking nerd or a geek or a dork, then you were getting ready to fight. Yeah. And for the most part... You were almost shunned from the quote unquote cool kids. Oh, dude! Okay. If you were a nerd or a dork or a geek, I've been an, I've been a geek or a you know nerd or a dork, whatever you want to call it, for as long as I can remember. You yeah, know, I've been into comic books and you know I've been collecting action figures since I was fourteen. Yeah, and I didn't tell anybody about that shit <laughs> because you didn't want anybody to know. No, I didn't want to get made fun of. Right. Or I didn't, you know, didn't tell anybody I was collecting comic books, or I like Star Wars. You, you know, you mentioned Star Wars to you know a bunch of junior high kids. You got made fun of. Oh yeah, oh yeah, big time. So back in the eighties, you know, it was an insult. It was a way to describe a, someone different, a group of people that were just different. And you know, it. I'm glad that it kind of grew into what it did, because. Yeah, I, w- I, I didn't fit in, but I never knew why I didn't fit in. Well, it's because I wouldn't go with the norm. I was always kind of way outside. The, I still am. Oh, yeah. Way outside the I norm. Am. I mean, I don't, I don't follow the, you know, the, the big trends or, you know, I'm not a big sports guy. Right. I, I like sports. I like some sports, but I'm not diehard, you know, or you know, I don't play fantasy football or, you know, my kids aren't pro athletes or, you know, even high school athletes. You know, we didn't grow I didn't grow up with that shit, so, you know, I wasn't going to force my kids to do it. Right, right. And I was never forced into anything 
you know, if I was into something, my parents, as long as it wasn't harmful, mm-hmm. my parents supported it. Yeah. You know, if it was harmful, I just didn't tell them about it. But, no, we, <laughs> you know. We did harmful stuff all the time, but yeah. like our kids, our parents never knew about they, it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and even now, you know, my parents find out little bits and pieces about shit that I used to do, and they're like, well, how did, first of all, how did we not know? Yes. And second of all, how the fuck did you survive that? Exactly. You know, but it, it you know, I, I was into music, and mm-hmm. my dad was into music, so he would teach me about his music and the stuff that he was into. Yeah. Which, I mean, really kind of shaped what I'm into, but I also am into shit that he never, you know, would understand, you know, like Guar. Yeah. And uh, some of the, some of the uh, like the rap that I got into when I was younger, he, you know, he's not into it. It doesn't mean it's it was bad. He'd just say... That's fine. So, Mike, what you doing? You listening to that Public Enema? Yeah, <laughs> it was. You know, it was a little, bit, little bit Public Enemy, more along the lines of. Oh, it's Enemy. E- I'm sorry. Easy E. Easy E. And uh, NWA, I was into, and and Digital Underground and stuff like that, and, and other. I mean, all kinds of stuff. The Humpty Dance is your chance to do the hump. Do me, baby. Do the Humpty Hump. Do the Humpty Hump. So. You know, it, just because they weren't into it doesn't mean that it was bad. I was into wrestling and, you know, like pro wrestling. Yeah. And that's something that we could kind of share. Nerd. My, yeah, I, I'm a big, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still a huge wrestling geek as I sit here in my Roddy Piper t-shirt. Yeah, and we just got done going to wrestling on Friday with my daughter. Yeah, yeah, which was a blast. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, so I, I was always into that. That's something we could kind of share, but my, my dad never really got into it. He was into it because I was into it. Yeah. And... He still will, now and again, he'll turn it on if I'm over at the house, and he'll say, let's watch this. Who is that? And I'll have to tell him. He watches WrestleMania every year with us. But I have to explain who they are, because he doesn't follow it throughout the year. Yeah. Well, I'm into it. I watch as much as I can, and have even found a way to fucking wager money on it. (laughs) So, (laughs) I I have been putting bets in on pro wrestling, which is absolutely fucking stupid. Because it's all scripted. But it's... We don't know what's scripted. Yeah. So you know, we bet on who's going to win the match, or or who's going to come out in what order, or or the order of the matches. Even we bet on all kinds of stupid shit. You know, if if you know this guy's going to wear his green pants or his red pants this time. You know, it's stupid. What was it? HBK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he wore brown pants to like a, a elimination chamber. It looked like he shit himself. He probably did. That's why he wore them brown pants because <laughs> he was going to shit himself just in case. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, so it they would embrace my my nerdiness or my geekiness. You know, I never got into comic books. I was into music. I was into to wrestling. Uh, got into like the the horror and stuff, mm-hmm. and, you know, and the makeup and all that. And they just embraced it and said, "Do your thing. Do not hurt anybody. Do your thing." Yeah. Well, what we're going to talk about is that stereotype of nerd back in the eighties and a couple of movies that came out, where the the nerds kind of got their revenge, shall we say? Yes. And... Their, their payback. Yes. They they really uh, spotlighted that nerd culture of the 80s, and this is before... I think the, what made the switch between these guys are smart, they're into computers, which that's another thing we were into is computers yeah. and video games, but they're into computers and video games, and they're smart... Which I never really got accused of being smart. Well, I did get accused of being smart, and I 
proved wrong a couple of times. And We're not jocks? Not jocks. Well. I mean, kind of. I wrestled in high school. I, I, I work out. But I was still on that fringe. Yeah. So, what I think made the, the turn is Bill Gates. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, yeah, I'm a nerd. I'm a dork. But I built a, you know, multi-cabillion dollar industry in my, in my garage, in my dorm room, you know. What? I got money. Yeah. Fuck you. You know, it was basically, it was Steve Jobs and, and him, yeah, Bill him. Gates and, and that whole crew of folks. I think it was that, that whole, with them and just the, the whole, every you know, computers are now becoming mainstream instead of being used in offices or government or, mm-hmm. you know, just, or, you know, computer, you know, nerds in general. Yeah. It's, you know, video games are all mainstream and that's all done with computers and shit now and even, even cartoons and movies are all done with computers. Well, it became the way of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the best revenge that the nerds could have oh, yeah. is, okay, we're used to, you know, manual labor, and you guys that are strong and, and did all this work, you're the backbone of the nation. Still important jobs. Yeah. But computers took over a lot of the heavy lifting. Computers took over a lot of the design and the plans, and you weren't pushing a pencil anymore. With, you were. Without them, without the nerds of the 80s, you would not, we would not be where we're at today. Oh, no. Hell no. So, we have differing opinions on these two movies. And we're going to talk about that. So we're going to start with Revenge of the Nerds Part 1, the original. And I know we both, we, we rewatched uh Part 1 and Part 2. Last night. Last night. And what a good way to spend a day. Oh, yeah. That was just a fun way just to forget about everything and just kind of get absorbed into watching a movie. And I got to watch it with Trevor. Yeah. And he, he was all about it. And Trevor's 18? Yeah. What did he think of it? He liked it. He and he tried to backtrack a little bit. He's like, well, you know, I kind of side with the jocks in this one. I'm like, seriously? The jocks are the villains. Yeah. He's like, yeah, but they make sense. I'm like, you serious? He's like, no, I'm, I'm just kidding, man. Right. He was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Trev. Yeah, there's no real way you can side with the jocks. No. So, but I can say my favorite character in the whole movie, both movies, Ogre. Ogre's a great character. Um... Well, let's, or Frederick Polowski. Yeah. <laughs> Ogre Louie. Frederick. <laughs> so, let's run down. For people that have never seen this movie, basically, it's a, nerds go to college. Yeah, they're, you know, 18-year-old kids. Yeah. They go to their, their first year of college. Their first time away from home. And the jocks... You know, they, they, they try, they're trying to find their, their place, and the jocks, basically, just fuck with them to no end. Did you know, hold on, real quick, did you know Donald Gibbs, who plays Ogre, mm-hmm. was in his mid-30s yes. when he did these movies? Yes. He had to shave his beard off, because he had a big beard. Yeah. And he had to shave his beard off so that he would look more the part of, fuck, I guess what, a... A, a college kid? A, college, a senior college kid? Or well, he would, he would have had to have been a junior in the first movie. Yeah. At at least, you know, he couldn't have been a senior unless he flunked and was still hanging out with the frat boys. But so in the first movie, they it's the first time away from home. They venture off to college and 
just a, the opening sequence where uh, Gilbert, the, the, the characters, the, the two main characters are Gilbert and Lewis. And Lewis. Lewis is the one that you probably recognize the most. Uh, so when they're carrying that gigantic fucking trunk and shit's falling oh, out of dude. it and they're tripping over people, it reminded me of me and you trying to do anything. Uh-huh. <laughs> because I'm like, fuck, we've, we've done this. You know, where you Excuse trying, me, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, and you're picking shit up as you go and, and fucking there's a couple making out on the grass and they just drag the trunk right over top of them. Yeah. They walk through somebody's picnic. I'm like, we have done this shit. I, I just like pictured like you and me like moving a couch or something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, this uh, this is totally identifiable. <laughs> well, then the, the the jocks, the alpha betas, have a little party. And they're, they've got a guy there, this crazy, looked like he was in his 30s. Yeah. Blowing fireballs with Everclear. Oh, yeah. And it was 180 proof. Yes. And so he's blowing fireballs. Which is probably the reason why I've done this is because of this movie. I guarantee it. Uh, dude, I've. A lot of shit I've done or even referenced was from Revenge of the Nerds. Just from a little kid mm-hmm. till now. Oh, yeah. And watching it back, you realize, holy shit, that's where I got it. Yeah. Because some of it I knew. I didn't realize that's where I got it, you know? Well, I, what I didn't understand. Then this guy blow a fireball in the house, and they're in their their frat house. He does it. They're like, do it again, do it again. So he does it again. And they say, do it again, and he takes a big mouthful, and then all of a sudden he looks and he turns and blows the fireball in the other direction, right at the curtains. At the curtains. Why? Yeah, that's what. When when I saw it, I was like, I don't remember how this house gets caught on fire. Yeah, it was a fireball. It, well, I knew I knew that that had something to do with it, but I'm like. How the hell did it catch something? Oh, yeah, he turned and blew it right at the fucking drapes. And none of them got arrested. No, because they said it was faulty wiring. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, if you haven't seen this movie, it's like fucking 20-some years old. Oh, no, that movie was made in 84. 84. So it's almost 30, almost 30. Almost 40 years old. Almost 40 years old. Holy shit. Well, if you haven't seen it, there's a lot of spoilers that are going to be discussed. If you haven't seen it, you you should just... Slap yourself. <laughs> I'm kidding. Don't slap yourself. I mean, they can if they want to. Some people get into that. Um, so, their house burns down. So they got to find a new place to, to live. So they take over the freshman dorm. And they throw all the nerds out. They threw the, everybody. They threw the freshman out. Now, my In court, the middle of the night. No, it was during the day. Was it during the day? Yeah, they just went in and started throwing people oh, out. Oh, yeah, because they were all in their underwear. And they're all in their underwear, which I didn't understand. Why? I mean, I hang out my underwear during the middle of the day if I can, but why are all these college kids just hanging out in their underwear? And except for the nerds, they had time to pack their trunk back up. Yeah. And they could them drag But they out. still had boxer shorts on. Oh, they did. They did. They, they had did. them long boxer shorts yes, on. Yes, they did. So they moved them all into the gym. That's when they all kind of... Start meeting each other. Met each other, and they said, okay, we're going to let you guys go to pledge fraternities. And... Most of them got accepted, except, except for the for outsiders. The outsiders, these 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 nerds, so called, and as with any group, you got the people that fit into that group, even if it's an outcast, the nerds. Mm-hmm. Then you got some fringe people that don't fit into any group that they're like, you don't fit in either. Come hang out with us. Yeah, that's where I was. I that's who I was. You I were, you were the booger. That that's the one that I really identify with as booger. I, I wasn't quite the nose-picking type, but uh, 
Well, I kind of, yeah, I guess sometimes. But I was, you know, I thought gross humor was funny. Yeah. I had long hair. I was more of a stoner type, but not really a stoner at the time. Yeah. Um, I think, I believe we were called Hessians. Hessians. I believe that's what they called us back in the day. We didn't fit in anywhere. But that's kind of where I, you know, I identified. That's where I was a Hessian. Yeah, it just was kind and of... now a, Hessian means something completely different today, but... Yeah, well, I mean, and... Uh, I what it means, but it's not, not basically, you know, skater style, stoner style, outsider. Right. You know, low-life kid. Or I don't even know. know why we were called Hessians in the first place, because I believe, going back to the Revolutionary War time... Maybe they're calling us Haitians. No, I don't think... Hey, what the hell's a Haitian? I don't know, it's a... Um, Somebody from Haiti. Haiti, yeah. No, that wasn't us. Wasn't us. Uh, <laughs> but I believe a Hessian, back in the Revolutionary War, the Hessians are the people that George Washington sailed across the Potomac River, or the Delaware River, whichever river he sailed across. I think it was the... I think it was Delaware. Yeah, that was a Delaware. I think he crossed the Delaware. He, he went was in the Delaware in November. Yes. And he did not have gloves or earmuffs on. So or, he or had boots. Or boots. He, he probably had boots on. They were leather boots. But probably didn't have any socks on. And they had he had that big curly wig. He had that wig, wig yeah, to keep his ears kept his ears warm. Yeah. So he was he was all right. But it was not uh British soldiers that he encountered. It was mercenary soldiers, I believe from Germany, that were called Hessians. Well, I'm not German at all. I'm German. Well that might be a I bit. Yeah, you got a bit of German in you too, I bet. But that's uh, I don't know where the evolution to call go from German mercenary soldier in the Revolutionary War, to stoner skater punks. I don't know where the correlation is. But, anyhow. So, they they got this little group of, of outsiders that are left in the, uh, the gym. And they got tired of getting basketballs in their soup. So, they, uh, they formed their own little fraternal organization. They found a house, fixed it up. They went through multiple, multiple fraternities. Well, they they did. But they, 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 they sent pictures to every single one. Well, and they even tried out for the Alpha Betas. They did. And I had forgotten. Uh, I mean, I, I kind of remembered, but when I saw it, I died laughing when they tried to get him to fuck that sheep. Yes, he said, you, guys, you, you, seem like, you guys seem like cool guys. Here, you should save these for later. Yeah. He's what, like, rubbers. What do we need these rubbers for? for then? Yeah, I, I lost. I started laughing my ass off. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, there is a goat in this. <laughs> or a sheep or whatever it was. I'm like, okay. Well, so they ended up, they, they pledged to several fraternities because they had to get sponsored. And the only one they didn't send a picture to was the Trilamps. Lambda, lambda, lambda. And they got accepted. They got a probationary. Uh, uh, UN Jefferson gave them a 60-day pro probationary period. Yes, to prove themselves. And... He said that they didn't quite fit the mold, but, you know, they would give them a shot. I said, but you guys are nerds. Yeah, you guys are nerds. Um, but they didn't quite fit the mold, so they, they gave them a shot. But, you know what, Poindexter pointed him the other direction and said, hey, you have to give us this probationary period. It's in your bylaws. Because he read the bylaws. Yeah. And, but I see, I love Poindexter, too. Dude, you know, he is a award-winning writer, producer, and director. He's, He's on, done like 650 movies. Well, and he was on 30-something. Yeah. He was, if, if anybody remembers 30-something from back in the day, he was the guy with the red beard. Mm -hmm. He's also on the West Wing now. Yeah. And he's done a lot of very prominent things. So, Poindexter, 
the funny thing about okay, all these guys that were in this movie, for the most part, it was their first movie. Yeah. They had maybe done some things when they were younger, but nothing of prominence. And they jumped in. They said, hey, we got this role. Uh, the guy played Poindexter, he was embarrassed for years to even say he was in the movie. Really? Yes. Um, John Goodman, it was one of his first roles. Yeah, that was a young John Goodman. That was before Roseanne. Yeah, well, way before Roseanne. And he played the asshole football coach. Yep. Um, Booger, <laughs> Curtis Armstrong. He's always been Booger, dude. Well, and that's one thing that he kind of complains about. He said, you know, I can do, he goes, I can do anything. And they're always going to say booger. Dude, his, he is the voice of snot on American Dad. <laughs> and he wears the jean jacket. He's got the same hair. He wears the same clothes. And his name is Snot. That's funny. Well, booger, there wasn't really any part for him in this. So we're going we're, we're gonna to probably interspace some... Fun little facts and shit in here, too, because I found a bunch of them. Oh, you got fun facts. Oh, some of them are fun. So, Booger, you know, Curtis Armstrong, he was in uh, Risky Business with, with Tom Cruise. Fuck Tom Cruise. <laughs> and then he was unemployed for like a year, and then Revenge of the Nerds came around. And Booger was basically non-existent in the script. He was there, but there just really wasn't a lot of lines for him. Yeah. The uh, He said that when he read, the only lines that were there were, we've got Bush, and just, it reminds me of my mother's douchebag. <laughs> that's one of my favorite lines. Those, he stared at nerd. I thought it was my mother's douchebag, but that's back in Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those, he said those were like really the only lines that were in it. And he goes, how can I take this... Vamp up this character. character and make it, you know, anything. He actually, I believe, read for Poindexter because there were no lines for him to read. So he's like, how, you know, how can I make this, you know, a decent movie, a decent character for this movie? Yeah. And uh, then the actual, you know, line scare, the actual character came together and he's like, I'm not doing it. I'm not picking my nose on camera for anybody. And they talked him into it. He finally did it. Most of his lines were improvised. Oh, no shit. And just by chance, when they said, go get a bunk, they didn't tell him, okay, you're going to take this one. They just said, go get a bunk, and the guys went and found an empty bed. It just so happened that he picked the bed next to uh, Takashi. Yeah. And they said, okay, we need some stuff. Uh, You two look good together. They just thought that they looked, on camera, they looked good together. They said, can you come up with something, some interaction of some sort? And he goes, can you give us... 15 minutes to come up with something. They go, yeah, sure. So they went to the prop department. And they said, we need a prop. And they go, well, let's go find something. He goes, no, we need, what do you have right here? Yeah. And the guy reached into a, a desk drawer or something. And he goes, I got this deck of cards. And he goes, we'll make it work. So they started playing cards. And that's where he came up with all of his brilliant lines, which boogers are some of my favorite lines yes. in the movie. Where he says, I think I have a thrush. And he goes, what the fuck's a thrush? And he tells him what a thrush is. A fl- oh, a flush. He goes, oh, okay, well, my, you, you, you got this flush. Well, I got a pair of sevens, and that beats a flush. That beats a flush. He goes, oh, okay, and he takes all his money. <laughs> and that's a reoccurring thing throughout. Either he can't understand Takashi, and yeah. he's like, what the, fu- what the fuck are robster craws? You know, they're playing off of that stereotype, and this movie plays off a lot of stereotypes. Oh, yeah. It could not be made today. Everybody would be no, pissed it would No, it. it would be one of those movies that... It would go like straight to Netflix or Amazon. Yeah. Or 
it wouldn't be made at all because nobody would pick it up. Yeah. But, you know, that was... It, it's almost a parody. It's almost, it almost falls under parody. Yeah. So, everything that, that Takashi and, and Booger did, for the most part, was ad lib. All made up on the spot. A lot of them dealing with that deck of cards. Because they were playing cards later, and he's like, I've got, you know, four kings... And, and you got too many. He got you got too many. Got way too many kings. You got to take rid- those kings out of here. Yeah, we'll give you these those. four cards. Yeah, and he like looks at the card and says, "We'll give you a two <laughs> and a five <laughs> and this nine. He goes, "Okay." And he goes, "But I still beat you. I've, I've got you know a higher number here." Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, okay." And he gives him all his money. Well, so that was mostly you know ad lib that you know all their stuff, um, and they said it was just. Come up with something. So that's what they... I would love to see his... If he did stand-up, I would love to see his stand-up. Oh, that would be hilarious. But they, they said it worked so well, every time that they were next to each other in a scene, yeah. they would just say, you two come up with something. Or when they were painting the house. Yes. Yeah, and Booger's like, here, Takashi, try this. Yeah, they yeah. smoke the joint. No, nothing. Nothing, and it finally falls over. It's like a couple... Yeah, they come back a scene later. He's like, oh, yeah, try it again. Nothing. And he falls over, and paint just goes across the wall. You're <laughs> yes. like, how about now? Yeah, but he's feeling it now. <laughs> <laughs> so, they said that that this movie set was unlike anything that they've ever seen. It probably since. Yeah. Maybe with the exception of, like, the Blues Brothers, but I don't think it was this wild. The Blues Brothers. No, no. Blues Brothers, they, they did some off-the-wall shit. They did a lot of cocaine. Oh, they did a lot of cocaine. Yeah. So... At first, it was filmed at the University of Arizona. The University of Arizona, when they got the script, they said, Fui. The, 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 the Greek council or whatever, you know, the people who were over the fraternity said, you're not doing this because they were worried that the sororities were going to be upset because it was, it's very... Um, it's a very sexist. Sexist, yes. Sexist movie. It's a very sexist movie. And the director said, I've got kids... I would let them watch this movie. I doubt that he would, but he said, I, I would let them watch this movie. I was six when I probably watched this movie, seven. I was pretty young when I first saw it. I didn't understand all of it. No, but it was funny. But it was funny. Well, they finally got the university to let them film there. And It's funny, it didn't look like Arizona. Yeah, but it was. It was University of Arizona. And Ted McGinley, who played Stan Gable, the head of the Alpha Betas. Yeah. And he was like the jock. He was a football uh, pretty boy. quarterback, the pretty boy. He was embarrassed to tell anybody that he was filming Revenge of the Nerds. But then... This coming from the same guy who was on Married to Children. Yes. Yes. As uh, Anderson, well, Darcy. Darcy's husband. It, uh, Marcy Darcy. Yeah, uh, whatever his first name was, but it was last name. Anderson? Go- Anderson yeah. Darcy? I think so. So, he was embarrassed. So he didn't tell anybody. But then they, they put him on the cover of the Men of USC calendar that was sold in the Arizona you know, University of Arizona bookstore. And all the girls on campus were just going nuts over this guy. Then they found him. They're on campus. Like, yeah. Oh, my God, you're the guy on the calendar. And so he's like, yeah, we're uh, filming a movie. So he got to entertain the ladies of the college. Oh, I bet you he enjoyed that. And they would invite them to watch the dailies. You know, they, they get done filming, and 
I know that we've seen this on film sets where they get done filming and they say, you want to watch the dailies? You want to watch what we shot? Yeah. And a real sit down in front of a, uh, a TV monitor and then watch what you shot. Just a really rough footage. And a lot of times there's a lot of jokes being made and it's a lot of fun just to see what you did and see what worked, what didn't work. And then you can see what actually made it into the final movie. Yeah. Well, they would invite these girls and college kids to watch the dailies with them. And so they started providing beer and pizza and sandwiches and they just have a party every day when they're done filming oh with all these college kids. They said it was absolutely insane. They said, you know, that that was a moment that he said, I can get used to this shit. You know, well, not all movie sets are like that. No. Not at all. So, that was, you know, that was fun. That so, was one of his first movies. Most of these guys, it was their first, first film. Uh, and most of them were very ashamed to be in it at first. Yeah. They, they've embraced it since, but... So, they get their, their Tri-Lam charter. Well, then they had to uh, take control of the Greek council because... Yes, they did. They had to win. They had to win homecoming. Yeah. And that involved some drunk Olympics, basically. Uh, a few physical challenges. And then the skit at the end. So, they just outsmarted them, for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Uh, they had to do a go was a go kart or a tricycle race. Tricycle race. And they had to drink a beer every lap. And it was like twenty three laps or twenty four laps. Mm-hmm. So they had to drink a case of beer. Twenty yeah, twenty laps and you had to have a beer every lap. So basically they they're down in a case of beer, almost. And so they gave Takashi a pill that would counteract alcohol. So he didn't get drunk. Yeah. And everybody else was falling over on the tricycles. So he all oh, they won that. Uh they gave up on the tug of war because they didn't want to get pulled in the mud. Yep. Said, you guys win. Yeah, you guys win. That's it. Oh, and Wormser. Wormser was like the 15-year-old kid. I think, no, he was 12. Was he 12? Something like that. Because in the second one, he was 15. Yes. So they bring him in. He's a 12-year-old whiz kid that, of course, wouldn't fit in anywhere in college. No, he's an aerospace engineer, you know, professional or whatever. Yeah. Name. Just brilliant. Um, so he, you know, he was in their added another little dimension because they were always trying to protect him. Yeah. And I guess they tried to protect him from all the sex and nudity and all that in real life, too. They protected the actor from that. Oh, shit. Yeah, they and, and oddly enough, Booger was always one that would say, don't, don't look at that in yeah. the movie. Booger was the one that said, let's take you over here. You know, he kind of helped corral the kid when something a little mature was going to happen. And there was quite a bit of mature stuff that happened in this movie. Like when they're watching the the, we, the pies. I drink through that. Yeah. <laughs> you guys been up all night watching this? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> they're pouring beer in their cereal. Yes. So, Worms are actually helped them in the, uh, in the games. Because Lamar, Lamar was a very uh, effeminate uh, homosexual yeah. in the movie. He said he, well, he was he was African American and he was he was gay and so they he was he was he had two different he, stereotypes yeah. he had he was being dealt with yeah on top of you know being outcasted because he was a nerd too yeah so I mean it did it dealt with a lot of prejudice and I think although it's a dated movie I think that they dealt with it well yeah it's it's one of those movies and I'm probably saying this before I should but. It's one of those movies that, you know, just because it's treated everybody equally. Yes. 
you know, it, it gives you a lesson in not being prejudiced or not racist. Not being a dick. Yeah, don't be a dick. You know, yeah. don't worry, you know, don't judge somebody by the way they look. Right. Well, they had to, they put him in the, uh, the javelin throwing. And Which is one of my favorite scenes. It cracks me up because... They said, "How is Lamar going to do this?" They said, "Oh, Wormser has uh, Wormser's an expert in, aer- in aerospace dynamics, and he has developed a javelin that will <laughs> will limp wrist his limp wristed throwing style." And I lost it during that. And then when he runs out, and that javelin's flopping. Oh yeah! And he throws it, and just flops through the air, and goes further than anybody's. I was like, "Ah, oh, yes, this is great." Because what's his name? Um, the quarterback, he, or the, the the jock. He's the quarterback of the football team. Yeah. Um, the hell's his name? He was the main main bad guy. Stan Gable. Stan Gable. Yeah, yeah. He's the quarterback, and yeah. he beat everybody. Mm-hmm. And then Lamar throws, and he throws that that limp javelin. It was hilarious. And it goes like another ten yards past him. Yeah. Well, and then they they had uh, oh the the arm wrestling competition. Oh, with, with ogre. With ogre, and he almost gets beat by the girl. Yeah, and he starts crying. Well, we forgot to mention the girls. Because there was there were equivalents to the trilams, yeah, the, the, the omega, omega moves. moves, yeah, and the uh, the the which is my kind of girls. I mean, I you know I'm not a big cheerleader guy. Yeah, those girls were they, they were thick. Yeah, they're and it was kind of funny because it, who were the the omega or the uh, the alpha betas? The pies. The pies. So the pies were they came and they offered to be. Escorts for the party where you and Jefferson was going to come. Yep, and they and, were wearing nice evening gowns. Yeah, they were all in matching gowns. And they sang to them by candlelight. It looked like a bad wedding reception. It looked horrible, and then they didn't show up, and so it was just uh, Lamar and his date. Yeah, which was another guy. He which was, was a guy. Like, oh, like, I got a date. Yeah, <laughs> but that's with a guy. But it was a guy off the crew. It was like one of the crew members are like, "Get in there, get in there, and dance, and dance, and." <laughs> and then Lewis goes up and puts on Swing Low yeah. Sweet Chariot. And you and Jefferson's like, the fuck is this? And he, Lamar comes in and he was like, sorry. <laughs> well, then then they decide uh, that, uh, what's his name, Gilbert, had he was dating a girl. No, Gilbert wasn't. It was, yeah, it was Gil- Lewis. Lewis. No, Gilbert was dating. Was dating. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gilbert was dating a girl. The girl from, from the Moose. And she said, I'll call my sorority sisters. And they'll come over. They, they're very spontaneous. And then when they were all walking in, and Booger's like, all right. And he starts to shut the door, and they open the door back up, and they keep walking through, and he's like, yeah, yeah, all right. And like, okay. <laughs> he's dancing with them. And yeah, he, he's like, you just hold on to their asses. Hold their butts, and then they tap they tap out, and the one girl's like, oh. And she goes and sits down, and he grabs the next one's ass and keeps dancing. Trevor watched that scene, he's like, ew. I was like, what, dude? He goes, he goes just, ew. I was like, what? He goes, I was like, you don't like a fat ass? He goes, those are flat asses. I said, no, no I, where those are fat asses, dude. <laughs> those are fat asses. It's like I'd be doing the same thing. <laughs> well, Booger got them all stoned. He, yeah, yeah. He, he was like, like he had I, wonder joints. I know we need wonder joints, and, and, and they look like Cuban cigars. Oh, they look beautiful, and <laughs> so they they all they all get stoned, and then pretty soon it's like. This They're is a party. partying. And uh, UN's assistant was, he's like, this is some good shit. This is some good shit. And UN's like, put it down. <laughs> but the one girl's like, uh, takes Lewis up to her room, to, to his room. And I think that was like the same girl, I think. It looked like her from the Beastie Boys Right to Fight video. Oh, Fight for Your Right? Fight for Your Right video. Yeah. It looked just like him. It might have been. Maybe. No, because, oh, no, in that video, the punk girls took him in the room. Yes. Yeah. Well, 
So she took him upstairs, and then the one that's with Poindexter, Point, Poindexter starts laughing because he got high. Yeah. He's just sitting there laughing and screaming. And then she looks up and she goes, Poindexter, do you want to fuck? And he's just like, ah! And she jumps <laughs> on him. She jumps on him. Um, Poindexter getting his crotch grabbed in that scene, completely ad lib. Oh, no shit. Yeah, she just said she felt the, felt she just felt the, the need move to, was right. Yeah. She grabbed him. Um but yeah, they so they had a good time with the moves, and then they kind of formed a partnership. Yep. So the the one girl from the moves had to arm wrestle Ogre, and almost beat him. No, she had him. She had him beat almost, and then and then he like and then he cried. Yeah. And so, Booger won. And Booger won because, because he picked his nose real quick and grabbed her hand. I love that. And she's like, "Yeah, well, Booger and Ogre head to head. Yes, belching contest." And <laughs> so Ogre. Belches. He drank beer out of his big cup that he had, big, yeah, trophy, big cup. trophy cup. Well, then Booger gets up and he belched. Do you know that Booger, Curtis Armstrong, is unable to belch on command? Really? Yes. They had to find some uh, some belches for him. So, well, first he threw a cigarette in Ogre's beer. That he did. He threw a cigarette and then uh, then he he belched and. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that. But it was a little more. There was a guy on the crew that they said, hey, we need a belch. He can't belch. So the guy belched. Then they went and they found something else to accentuate the belch and extend it out longer. Do you know what that noise was? Uh-uh. It was a camel having an orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. That was a camel coming. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was, it was a camel having an orgasm. That's... So when you, Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah, when you, when you listen back to that, can't wait to go to the zoo. <laughs> I had a good time at the zoo. <laughs> so I'm not willing to spend any more time on that song. <laughs> so they 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 won all the events, and then they had to do a charity event. Yeah. So the of course the the the, the pretty people were doing the kissing booth. Did the kissing booth, and I uh, during this. You know, the course of this movie up to this point, Lewis had developed kind of a crush on Betty. Betty Childs. The head pie. And they had uh, installed some cameras in their dorm room, in their, in their, their sorority house, mm-hmm. and were spying on them, which probably would be frowned upon. That's a little uh, yeah. voyeuristic. And, well, another, uh, another thing that would be frowned upon, and I was thinking about this last night as we're getting to this point, mm-hmm. they get, you know, they... they she, he buys all his tickets, and he tries to give Betty a kiss. And she's like, I'm not kissing a nerd. Right. And so then, then they bring in the, 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 I guess, the mother hen of yeah. the house. He says, kiss this nerd. Yep. And she walks off, and he steals Stan's mask and helmet. Because Betty wanted to go fool around. Yeah, she wanted to go fool around. Yeah. So yeah. he uh, basically forced himself upon her. <laughs> yeah. And he, he, he orderly... Orally forced himself on her. That and that's. Uh, and then she was hooked. She was into it. So I mean, technically that would be rape. Yeah. But <laughs> and that's one thing that that comes up when you, when you look up this movie. They said, you know, we could have done that differently. And I agree. Yeah. Um, that is probably the cringiest part of this whole movie. Is like, oh, that's not good. Yeah. You know that's. That, that he, he tricked her. Yes, it, it was uh, it was d- very deceptive, and he pretending to be someone else refused to take his mask off, 
and uh, and had sex with her on the moon. Yeah. So, um, not a you know probably not a good uh, a good look for the movie. No. Uh, and the, 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 everybody in this you know that, that has talked about it, they're like, yeah, we don't like that part. Um, that part should have never been done. Even the director said they should have done it differently. We could have done it differently. Um, coincidentally, probably one of the only times the moon did not suck. Yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, you know, they they were in the fun house. Yes. So which, and I was watching this last night because she had heels on. She did. She had he- cowboy boots. She had cowboy boots on. Yep. With stilettos. Yep. And when she walked into that, they went into the moon. It was all a bunch of water bags. Uh huh. And so I looked at her feet. The heels were gone. Yep. I'm like, yep. Don't want to pop them beds. Right. So. She kind of got the idea that nerds might be good lovers because he forced himself upon her. Not a, not a good look. No. So, she starts going more towards the nerd side. And they do their, their skit at the end, and the football players did their... They dress like cheerleaders. They dress like cheerleaders. They did a little cheer, song. Cheerleaders were football players. Yeah. And, I mean, every high school... I mean, my high school did that. Like, yeah. for homecoming, all the... The jocks would wear the cheerleader skirts and, and trade the cheerleaders for a football jersey. And I never went to any of the homecoming stuff, so I couldn't tell you. They did it like they wore it during school hours oh. on homecoming day. And, I mean, it was a big deal. I think I skipped school homecoming day. <laughs> <laughs> Just get like, ain't no one going to be here. I, I'm leaving. I'm staying home. I, you know, I, I was on that, that fringe. I was friends with people that were jocks. Yeah. But I wasn't. They would, someone would only hang out with me if I was the only one to hang out with and not around their other friends and all that shit. Well, so I would participate to a certain degree in some of this uh, homecoming hoopla. Brouhaha. Yeah, the, the brouhaha. And it must have been like my freshman year, maybe my sophomore year. They had this big spirit week and every day was a different theme. You know, you wore your fucking clothes backwards or... They had grunge day because it was in the 90s. Yeah. And I just wore my clothes I wore the day before because I was a grunger yeah. was in school. And uh, I was a Hessian. Yeah, that's basically <laughs> what it was. You know, I, I was wearing flannel and I think I wore a stocking hat or something that yeah, day and my combat boots. And, yeah, that's how I was. And uh, so every day they had something and I participated to a certain degree. I remember I, I came to school one time and I think it was like Spirit Week or some shit. And. It was like the day of a Kiss concert. Yeah. So I had my Paul Stanley makeup on. Nice. With my stock and cap, and I got sent to the principal. Because <laughs> my homeroom teacher, she's like, is that for Spirit Week? Because you can wear, they said you can wear, you can dress up, you know, whatever. And so I had that, and it's just black star on my face. Yeah. And like, she's like, is that for Spirit Week? Is that for Kiss coming to town tonight? Because Kiss was in town that same night. Ah! And so I'm like, it's both. She's like, no, you need to go talk to your administrator and see if you can wear it. Well, our administrator, he's just big, tall, black dude. I mean, you didn't mess with him. Yeah. Everybody respected him, even today. I mean, he's like 75, mm-hmm. and you still don't mess with him. Right. I walked up and said, hey, Brother Haynes. He's like, what's up, Brother Jones? <laughs> I was like, can I wear this? He's like, kiss? He's like, yeah, you can wear that. <laughs> I was like, cool. Right on. <laughs> Well, I decided for Friday, for the, the homecoming day, I was going to go all out. It was spirit day, you know. We, I had been, I'd gotten in trouble, like, 
two days before. Yeah. Because it was my school colors were purple and gold, and they said wear purple and gold. I had a, a hat that was tiger striped. It was purple. I think it was purple and white, but it was mostly purple. And I wore that. And they're like, you can't wear a hat in school. I go, it's for spirit day. I got sent to the office for wearing this fucking hat and told, well, you can wear it on your belt, but you can't wear it on your head because that's distracting. A fucking hat is distracting. I don't understand. I've never understood why a hat I would be distracting. I have no idea why. Unless it's got bells and chimes. This and didn't, it was just a hat, just a ball cap. One of them ones that's got the little propeller on it. It did not. I would love to have one of those, but it didn't have that. So I got in trouble earlier in the week. So I'm like, all right, fuck this. I had my mom paint my face with grease paint. Yeah. Purple and yellow stripes down my face. That's not, that's, that's less distracting. Right. Well, it turns out that that particular day, aside from the football players wearing the cheerleader skirts yeah. and the cheerleaders wearing the football jerseys, nobody else participated. I'm the only jackass walking around with my face painted. And I'm like, can I, I want to go home. And they're like, why? I'm like, I just want to go home. I wanted to leave, and so they, they, they made two rules, you know, like, on the spot, I believe. Yeah. Like, okay, first off, no, you can't go home because your face is painted. Second, if you go home, you can't come to the football game or go to the dance later tonight. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude, I'm, you know, I've, I've seen rules like that. It's so stupid. It, it pissed me off, because now I'm stuck with my face painted like a jackass, and nobody, uh, you know... Nobody else participating. So, in trying to fit in, I didn't fit in because nobody else did it. Because everybody else sucks. Well, my uh, this buddy of mine, he, uh, I don't know where he he broke into the prop room. Yeah. On the you know, like for the drama department, and about uh, like third or fourth period, or maybe later in the I think it was after lunch. Cause I think he broke in during lunch, so it would have been like sixth period. I go into my class and I sit down and people are all laughing at me and stuff. And I'm like, and the teacher's like, what were you thinking? Here my buddy comes walking in in a full Snoopy outfit that he found in the prop room. Sweet. I mean, it, he didn't have the head on. But the rest, he had this big Snoopy outfit on. And he just comes, pl- big paws, and big feet. He just comes plodding in and he sits down in his desk. barely his, That big ass barely fit in the desk. And he just like squeezes into the desk and he's sitting there and they're like, Jeff... What is this for? And he goes, Spirit Day. <laughs> and so then all the attention was on him. I don't know if he did it intentionally to take the heat off of me. That's a good friend. But he uh, he did it. He was he was the type he just he liked to seek attention anyways. Yeah. So he just did it. He's like, it's spirit day. And everybody's like did everybody read chapter 17? You know, I was like, <laughs> fuck, we, you know, these two assholes. You know, I got both of them in the same class. And they just ignored us. And then for the rest of the day, we were ignored. And then I went home and I scrubbed my face and went and I had traces of purple and yellow grease paint on my face at the dance. Oh, nice. Yeah. I don't think I danced. I had a busy night of standing against the bleachers. I didn't go to the homecoming dance. I never went to one. I always went to them. Um, I went to one when I was in Colorado. Yeah? But it wasn't... It was, yeah, pretty much me sitting there and then one of the girls who knew me so let's go dance. I said, I don't know how to dance. Mm-hmm. She says, that's easy. I'll show you. And it was all two-stepping. Oh, yeah. That was cake. Yeah. And I still messed it up because I got two left feet. <laughs> well, so in the movie, they, the, 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 the football players and cheerleaders did their thing. And then fireworks go off. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck is fireworks? 
and they all go to the other side of the uh, pavilion, and the nerds are putting on a concert. Now, you saw the nerds playing instruments mm-hmm. and computer-generated music, a lot of electronic music, and they had synthesizers strapped to their bodies. Um, now, of course, those guys, the, the DJ and, uh, and Gilbert and Lewis that had the synthesizers, they weren't playing those. No. Booker played his own guitar parts. He could play guitar. Oh, no shit. The girl that played the accordion, she actually played accordion. You know, she was a real genius also. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm damned. She was the, the nerd girl in Real Genius. I think she got typecast. She did. Because <laughs> I think she was in uh, the TV show Just the Ten of Us, too. I think. I'm not sure. But it makes Maybe. sense. There's a lot of star power in that show. Yeah. Uh, uh, Heather Langkamp from Nightmare on Elm Street was in that. Oh, yeah. Uh, along with uh, with two other Elm Street girls. I think Brooke, uh, Brooke Thies and somebody, uh, somebody else. Anyhow, there was a lot of star power in that. I think uh, one of the girls from Saved by the Bell was on there, too. I'm not sure. Oh, probably. I'm sure. I don't know. Anyhow, um, I didn't bother to research that part. <laughs> Poindexter, who played violin throughout the whole fucking thing, he couldn't play violin. You could tell. Well, they told him, don't worry, just here, practice this. And so he practiced. They gave him one little piece to practice. And they said, <laughs> it was the same song the whole time. Yeah. He was practicing for this, this skit, the song at the end. It was the same music, just slowed down. And yeah. He was, pra- he was actually and practicing. pushed it. down harder on the strings. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they told him, we're going to dub in a real violin player. Well, they did for the last song. But the, when he was just practicing, they played what he actually did, and it pissed him off. Because he's like, well, you told me you're going to overdub that, and they didn't. Oh, that was perfect. Yeah, it pissed him off, though. He was not happy that... His violin ineptness was... I love the part that he, he couldn't see anything through his glasses. It's true. I mean, he if you notice, in both in all the, all the movies that he was in, there's fucking four of them. Yeah. Um, I don't think he... I think he was only in the first two. I think two. he was in the first two. Uh, because the other, the, the, the other two were terrible. Yeah, they're horrible. I, as I was telling Trevor last night, he's like, I said, they made four of these. He's, Have you watched them? I said, I've seen all four... But I've only seen the I've only seen the last the three and four once. Yeah, because they're not worth. They're pretty much. bad. Yeah. Well, he if you notice in the scenes that he's in and he has to walk, he's always got somebody right there with him because mm-hmm. he actually could not see through those glasses, and he was always running into shit. Oh yeah. So they use some of that when he's running into stuff, and he would cover it. He'd run into something, and say, "Oh, excuse me," but if he had to walk any distance, they had to lead him. Yeah. Because he couldn't he could not see a damn thing. Or he had to be, like, against a wall where he could feel. He had the Magoo glasses on. Yeah, yeah. So they they win everything. They win control of the council and all that. And in the end, Lewis wins the girl. He gets Betty. Mm-hmm. So uh, the uh, the Trilams actually stood up for him. They came to their defense. Yeah. Because uh, they were about to whoop him. They were, they were going to beat some ass. And they... Uh, they they saved the day. Trilams had a uh, a charter on the uh, Adams College campus. Well, the Trilams, if we we didn't say, I don't think we said this earlier. The Trilams was a all black fraternity. Yes, and that's why they said you don't fit into our yeah. our normal standard. And then when when UN comes in, he's like, "Hold it, coach!" And he yep. stared at him. Here comes that. It was all base. 
Yep. It's like, boom, 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 boom. And here they all just filed up and were like, crossed their arms and stared at him. And it's like, you're gonna, we're going to whoop some ass. Yeah, they're going to talk. Mm-hmm. And so they said their piece and they kind of said the, uh, you know, just because we're different, you know, we're proud to be who we are yeah. and everybody should be proud to be who they are and, and all that. And that's when um, Betty crossed over and she became Lewis's girlfriend. Yeah. When later she was his wife. In by like part three. Three or four. Yeah, she was his wife. Because Stan Gable showed back up. Mm-hmm. And I think he, he was the dean yes. of Adams College. Yep. He had a, you know, the big, he was a big dummy, but he became the dean. So, speaking of deans, the dean of the college. The dean of the college, you know, portrayed by a, an older, more established guy. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Booger, was only two months younger than him. Yeah. <laughs> in real life. Uh, so, most of the... They most said, of them were in their. Most of them were either late twenties or early thirties. Yeah, they, yeah, they were. They were nowhere near college age. No, and well, if you look at if you look at Gilbert or Lewis's arms, he looked like a damn bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like dude, you got that's like arms you see in a forty year old. Right, right. I mean, we're forty now, and my arms don't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, he that was that was the thing that they were they were all like in their twenties. Some of them in their thirties, except for. Wormser, he was young. Yeah, he was actually like 12. Yeah, he was actually a young kid. So, I think, you know, aside from a few cringy parts, the movie holds up fairly well. Oh, yeah. If you view it as a comedy and parody. If you view it as some sort of, uh, you know, serious movie, it's pretty horrible. Yeah. But they didn't do it. They didn't take that route. No, no, they, they went the right route, and it's... It's one of those movies where, you know, people our age still talk about it. Oh, yeah, and it's still referenced. People that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Oh, dude, like, they've got a lot of references. Like I said, Booger, he plays Snot on American Dad. Yeah. So there's a lot of Revenge of the Nerd references in that. Mm -hmm. And then um, South Park has done it. Family Guy. Family Guy has done it. Yep. So, I mean, it's one of those movies where you see bits and pieces of something else Mm -hmm. that does nothing to do with the show. That this word came from, right, right, yeah. It's uh, it's it's interesting to see the lasting uh, impact. I mean, even the Simpsons have done it. Oh yeah, the Simpsons have done everything. Yeah, they. There's just there's so much that has come from this movie. Now, did you know? Before this movie, there was no such thing as lambda lambda lambda. No, they made it up for the movie. But now, there actually is a Lambda 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 fraternity. Oh, no shit. It has nothing to do with, you know, the traditional fraternity, uh, what do you want to call it, culture? Yeah. It's more of a, uh, it's it's more of like an all-inclusive group, fraternal group. They don't exclude anybody for any reason. Do we have a friend that's part of that? I don't know, do we? I bet you he is. I don't know. And the friend we're talking about is Sam. Oh. Sam, he he is... He might be. I guarantee he's well, he's an original Tri-Lam. Well, this, uh, the Tri-Lam uh, fraternity, you want to call it, It's it started on January 15th of 2006 on the University of Connecticut campus. It's a co-ed social fraternity, unaffiliated with the Greek Council, life. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's just dedicated to the enjoyment and enrichment of pop culture 
and the brotherhood of its members. Hey, there, there's Greek numbers. There's yeah. Greek letters. That must be the house. <laughs> it's a different movie. The, <laughs> the Trilams do not discriminate based on race, gender, religion, class, ability, gender identity, or sexual orientation. I think we could join that. I wonder if it costs money. I don't know. We should look into it. I'm about to yeah. a minute. So, now there's there's all kinds of stuff we could talk about with with the, just the first movie. Hold on. Hold that thought. Okay. I got to pee. Okay. <clears throat> when you were a baby in your crib, your father looked down at you. He had but one hope. Someday my son will grow to be a man. Well, look at you now. You just got your asses whipped by a bunch of goddamn nerds. Nerds! Well, if I was you, I'd do something about it. I would get up and redeem myself in the eyes of my father, my maker, and my coach. Well, let's get those nerds! 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 What are we waiting for? Okay, so there, there's so much that we could say about, you know, this first movie. We've seen it a million times. Yeah. But since you've mean, gone to the bathroom, you've you've I come ran up with, into my son Trevor. You're awake. Yeah. <laughs> so this was your first time watching it. I enjoyed it. You enjoyed it. It didn't make me laugh that much, but I liked the tropes. I definitely could relate with some of the characters a little bit. It was who do you think you related with the, the most? Uh, probably the nerds. Okay. Anyone in particular? Anyone in particular? No, just the whole group. Overall. Yeah. Okay. So, and I know it's a, it's an old movie from when we were young. Yeah. Did you think? Did you think that it, it, you said it didn't really make you laugh, but you thought it was funny? I thought it was funny, but it didn't really make me chuckle. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, like, what was your favorite part? Which favorite part of the movie? Like the first one we watched. Uh Maybe the musical. Oh, the musical number. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Any any thoughts on the movie that you want to share? You know, it's, it's funny. Would you watch it's it? It's worth a watch, and yeah, it's pretty rewatchable. I probably would watch it again. Okay. So there's, you know, a little uh, input from this generation. Input, yeah, input from the current generation. So yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that you enjoyed it and that you could, uh, you know, what did you like part one or part two better? Definitely part one. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, get out of here. <laughs> I like part two better. You do? Yeah, I do. We're going to talk about part two here in, in a minute. Yeah. But we're done with you. Yeah, I feel like that part wasn't <laughs> as funny, but it definitely had a better musical. Yeah, oh yeah. 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 With a rap scene? Yes, that was really yeah. good. Yeah. Well, good, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, I really did. You finally liked something that we that we enjoy. Yes, that we made you watch. That we made you watch. Hey, I, I joined in on it. You did. He yeah. was like, I'm like, dude... I'm watching Revenge of the Nerds tonight. He's like, can I watch him? Like, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks for your input. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. No problem. So I'm sure not... we'll have you back on the show. Yeah. With more of input from Trevor. Yeah, input right. from Trevor. I'll try, to, I'll try to avoid it, but... That's, right. that's going to be a new slot in our show. Really? Two, <laughs> two minutes of Trevor. Yeah, two minutes of Trevor. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. So, any... any 
final words you want to say? I mean, I think we, we covered the movie pr- pretty well. Um, there, like I said, there's all kinds of stuff we could we could we bring could, up. Yeah, we could. The the director didn't even want to do the movie. He oh, he's done. He he did like he went on to do uh, uh, Pearl Harbor mm-hmm. and Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, he's done a ton of big blockbuster movies. Well, they asked him about doing this movie, and they gave him the material. They gave him the budget, and they said, "With this budget and with this material, what kind of movie can you give us?" And he said. One that I would be terribly embarrassed to put my name on, and they hired him on the spot. Oh, no shit. That's what they wanted. This movie, I mean, if this movie was made today, I would say it would be like a trauma movie. Yeah. I don't know if they could make it today. They tried. Like in, uh, they tried to do a remake of it, and it just didn't work out. Seriously? Yeah. Would they... Why did they try that? Um, I'll find it. I know, I know, like, Nerds in Love came out, like, in 97. They tried to remake this in 2007. It was 20th Century Fox wanted to remake it under the Atomic la- Fox Atomic label. And they wanted to put it out in 2007. They went to uh, film in 2006. The, uh, the uh, cast... Uh, they, they had eight, uh, eight Adam Brody... Was in the cast? Who the hell's Adam Brody? I don't know. But he's been in some stuff. Uh, Efren Ramirez, who I think played Pedro in Napoleon Dynamite. Um, There's a few other people that were involved. Adam Brody. But they... Oh, he would have been a great Lewis. Or Gilbert. They, uh... They decided that they didn't like... The well, the the oh, he's Shazam. That's who that guy is. He's Shazam. I think so. Well, they they tried to film it in at Emory College in Atlanta, Georgia, and the college officials objected to the raunchy content of the film. No, it's not him. He was somebody else in this movie. And then they experienced a lot of difficulties because they they had to move yeah to a different campus and it was much smaller, and they just had trouble shooting like the outdoor scenes and stuff. So they just ran into so many problems because they started showing the dailies to the studio and they said, this ain't working. So they just put it on the shelf. No shit. Yeah. But if you can look at some... I mean, you can't get that... You, you can't do that raunchy 80s comedy... No. ...that today that you could do back then. No. People just, they get too offended over, over a lot of the raunchy stuff, you know, and... They say, well, this movie is, is aimed towards kids or teenagers. It really wasn't. It was not an R rating. Yeah, that movie That movie would have been like not even a teenager movie, like NC seventeen style. Yeah. Um yeah, or eighteen and over. Yeah. You had to watch that movie. Just just because of some of the scenes in it. Um the second one didn't have as many I don't even think the second one had any nudity in it. It did. Brief. brief very brief. brief. Um, but yeah, you can still see traces of, if you, if you look at a lot of the characters, especially I was looking at Poindexter. Okay. Burger's the one that I relate to the most, mm-hmm. but Poindexter's probably my favorite nerd. If you look at Poindexter, if you can look at Poindexter and not think of two people in that, you know, that, that fit that role, there's two characters, I would call them. One is Andy Dick. Oh, yeah. 
especially in there's a couple roles in particular. Employee of the month is one where he's wearing the thick mm-hmm. glasses. Are you staring at my chest? I don't I, know. I don't know. That that's Poindexter almost to a T. And Napoleon Dynamite yeah. is Poindexter. I think without Revenge of the Nerds, I don't think those two characters would have played out the way that they no. did. Uh, or even exist. Because you could t- really tell that they're influenced. Yeah. But I think that the final lasting impact is it brought nerd culture kind of to the forefront. and Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it made movements to level the playing field. Mm-hmm. You know, and say that everybody is, is equal. Everybody's equal. I mean, it, it's one of those movies where, like I said, it, it could, if it was done today and it was done right, it would make a lasting impression, you know, for equality and, you know. Nerds aren't seen in the same light, though, these days. No. So not. I don't think they could do it. I don't think there could be a Revenge of the Nerds because nerds kind of took over the world. Yeah. I mean, so they like got their revenge. Nerds, you know, we're nerds, geeks, whatever, dweebs. Yeah. Um, but it definitely, it was one of those movies where it's, you know, I fit, I, you know, I can relate to these guys. Mm-hmm. And growing up, I mean, you know, like in the mid 90s or even the late 80s, like I said, you know, you, you couldn't. I did. I mean, personally, I didn't tell people I was, you know, collecting comics or doing shit like that or like certain movies because I didn't want to get made fun of. Right. So, you know, it almost it almost says, you know, these to a kid growing up back then, it's uh, okay. Well, if you're this person, they're gonna make fun of you, but you know, accept who you are. Yeah. Be be proud of who you are. But you know, then you know. Be proud of who you are, but it, that type of shit was tough growing up. Oh yeah, you know you couldn't you couldn't do this or you couldn't say you were into this because then you got typecasted or stereotyped into that group of people. And kids are cruel. Yeah, kids are fucking cruel, man. So, I mean, there were yeah, there was some good, I think, anti-bullying messages maybe. Oh yeah, in a roundabout time. way. There was a lot of anti-bullying. You know. In a roundabout way, they they mainly showed you the effect of bullying. So, I think it was great. This could, this could have been a lot different because they they picked some of the most perfect people to play the nerds, mm-hmm. and also some of the most perfect people to play the jocks. Ogre, like you said, great, just a great stereotypical jock. Yeah, and he's he, and in my opinion, Ogre is my f- personal favorite person in the whole movie series. He's one of the most recognizable. recognizable. And one of the the most memorable. Yeah, you know, his his very simple lines, very memorable. Just because of the other movies he's been in. Yeah, you know, like Bloodsport, one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And he he always plays that big badass. Yeah, and I was like, that's awesome. I yeah. like him. Yeah. Now they picked, uh, Ted McGinley, who who was uh, Stan Gable. Yeah. The perfect prick. Oh yeah. He almost wasn't in this movie. Really? He turned down a role in Bachelor Party, Tom Hanks' first movie. Oh, that was his mistake. He turned down a role in Bachelor Party. A mistake, maybe, maybe not, because I don't think that the part that he was going to play in Bachelor Party was a big part. It was just a part. Yeah. He got a big part in The Revenge of the Nerds. Tom Hanks hates Bachelor Party. I know he does. Which is one of the greatest, funniest movies ever. Yeah. Yeah, great. Another movie that couldn't be made today. No. Well, they do. They made a second one, but it had nothing to do with Tom Hanks. 
And it was, I mean, it was Bachelor Party 2. Huh. But I don't know who was in it. I don't know anybody that's seen it. Bachelor Party 2, Electric Boogaloo. No, that was um, Breaking. <laughs> Same time frame. <laughs> the, the, the Pajama Jammy Jam. The pajama, <laughs> that was Kid and Play. <laughs> that was House Party. Yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of sequels. That's a great movie. <laughs> we, uh, we'll take a little break here. Do you have any final words on? I mean, we kind of said our final words on this. This first one. Great movie. Great movie. If you haven't seen it and you're open to new-ish, I guess you want to... New, new... Old... Well, it's new to you if you haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah. Older movies that are racy. Yeah. Check it out. Raunchy, raunchy 80s comedy. Raunch, yeah. Typical raunchy 80s comedy. I mean, you can't get any more... 80s raunchiness than you can with this. Not really. I mean, unless you're watching, like, Back to School. Porkies. Porkies. Which they all came out about the same time. They did. And, I mean, they're all great movies in their own little way, but Revenge of the Nerds has always held a special spot with me. Yeah, me too. It's, me too. it's, it's, it's just, well, like I said, it's one of those movies where you can see, if you, if you watch it a hundred times, you know what's going to happen, and you still laugh your ass off. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a very very rewatchable. Yeah, and we you know and we did forget to dedicate this episode. Oh yeah, to our good friends. Yeah, we we need to, of course, Sam. Sam and uh, Sam, probably one of the biggest fans of this movie that I know. Yes, I think he might be a tri lamb. I guarantee he's a tri lamb. If not, he's I mean he's got he's got the outfit. Yeah, if he still has it, I'm sure he does. I think he does, and of course, uh, one of our broadcast partners, Moose. Um, that appears here on, on uh, his ver- version of our show here on this network. Well, and Sam's a cloud shouter. Yeah, it's clam, uh, is it clam? Clam shouter. Clam, Sam's a clam chowder. <laughs> a cloud shouter uh, as well with uh, Saturday Omaha, with yep. uh, uh, Live from Studio C, and Lost in Omaha, which I hear is going to be firing up their second season. Nice. So, yeah, I mean... We only have good people in our group, you know. It's uh, and we're all nerds. If we were in our own way, we yeah. are all nerds. But Moose actually told the story of going to see Revenge of the Nerds. Oh, he did. And uh, his mom took him, and he decided to wear his parachute pants, and, and he got stuck. He got stuck in the in the seat at the theater, and made made himself look like a big nerd in front of a bunch of girls. Yep, nerd. <laughs> Moose, you nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that laugh. The dad, Lewis's dad, yeah. movie, made that up and did it during the first scene. And they're like, we like that. Teach all these nerd kids how to do that because I want them to do it. That's going to be their laugh. Yeah. Well, he didn't, couldn't figure out. He taught them, but he couldn't figure out what it was. And then he said, I was driving home one day and I was thinking about it and I figured it out. He goes, it was my ex-wife. Oh, no shit. It was his ex-wife's laugh that he imitated. He didn't realize it. He just thought... Oh, this is a goofy laugh. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah, this is de- dedicated to to Sam, to Moose, and any of the other nerds out any there. Any nerds. And, you know, hopefully you find some kind of strength or solidarity in, in this. And be proud to be a nerd, because I know we are. I mean, I really can't find anything bad to say about this movie. No, there's some parts that could that could have been done differently. Um, and parts that do not hold up at all. Yeah. But, you know, if you can put it back in, it came from, what, 84? 84. Put it back in that time frame, 
people weren't as conscious about that kind of stuff. No. Back then, looking back, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done it. But that could be said about a lot of things. So, give the first one a watch, and uh, we're going to talk about the sequel after these messages. So, <laughs> we'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Star Wars, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Sound of Music. In the tradition of these great films about fighting back against the odds, 20th Century Fox presents another milestone in motion picture history. Revenge of the Nerds. 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 Nerds! What is a nerd? <laughs> They've been laughed at. Picked on. And put down. I'm not kissing a nerd. They don't have the moves. Or the muscle. You know karate? Uh, no. Good. But they've got the brains. I know what we're gonna do. It's time for the odd <laughs> to get even. Their action tonight demands an immediate retaliation. How many cameras do we have left? This should do it. Oh, oh. here she comes. Go up, go up. Oh, no. Oh! <laughs> as good as you revenge of the nerds their time has come i drink to that hey dude what's up you know i always thought that like ram man should have been a lot bigger because he was like ramming through walls and he was just a little short dude i, I wish it would have made an action figure of that you know you'd make that huh slime pit customs huh well like i love captain spaulding I wish that, like, he was a superhero. Dude, huh? Slime Pit Customs. You know what? I kind of wish that they would have made, like, a, a green radioactive slime He-Man that was all covered in goo. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs? What's that? Slime Pit Customs, they make custom action figures. Anything you want out of anything you want. So, like, Slime Pit Customs could just make the action figure of my dreams come true? Yeah. Could they make me into an action figure? Yes, absolutely. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs. Slime Pit Customs. Check them out on Facebook. Easy, Tauntaun. What is it? Wampa! Wampa! New Tauntaun, Wampa, and action figures each sold separately. Han Solo! Help! Oh no! It's got Luke! Wampa! Watch it, Tauntaun! Gotcha! New Tauntaun comes with an open belly rescue feature. You'll be okay, Luke, as soon as I chase away that thing. Wampa! Wampa! New Tauntaun and Hoth Wampa and other action figures each sold separately from Kenner's Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back Collection. Hey, I'm Mike Fantastic. I'm Audacity Jones. We're the Russian Leg Sweep. Do you love pro wrestling? Do you? And you should listen to our podcast, The Russian Leg Sweep, on the Cloud Chowders Podcast Network. It's available wherever you find podcasts. Did you see the latest Nintendo newsletter? Whoa, nice graphics. I'd like to get my hands on that game. You mean you haven't played it yet? We can play it on my Nintendo Entertainment System. It's the Legend of Zelda, and it's really rad. Those creatures from Ganon are pretty bad. Octorox Tech Tech's levers, too. But with your help, our hero pulls through. Yeah, go Link. Yeah, get some. Awesome. Intense. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Your parents help you hook it up. The Legend of Zelda sold separately. 
You know, hardly any of this stuff can really help me with my schoolwork. There is something you could have which would help you a lot. Do you know what that is? No, but I'm afraid you're going to tell me. Uh, yes. It's the new Encyclopedia Britannica. Encyclopedia Britannica? Now you tell me. I've got a report due tomorrow. On what? On the exploration of space. Take a look at this. From the first beeps of Sputnik to the triumph of the Apollo moon landing. All right. Well, since this has turned out to be a Britannica commercial, I guess you're going to tell me how somebody could get a set. Actually, I thought I might, yeah. And I suppose you're going to throw one of those 800 numbers up on the screen. Am I right? Might as well. And there it is. To find out how you can own the Encyclopedia Britannica, just call this toll-free number and we'll send you this free booklet telling you everything you need to know about your key to the information age. And just for previewing Britannica in your home, your family will receive this three-volume desk reference set. So if you would be interested in owning the new Britannica... I'm thinking it over. Just call this number now, Encyclopedia Britannica. Some people make fun of others for wearing glasses. Well, I pity the fools who do that. Because there's nothing wrong with wearing glasses. If you need them, right? Right! We're back. <laughs> Nerds. Yes, after years of abuse and humiliation, they finally earned a trip to paradise. This is going to be a great year. Nerds! Geeks. Can you run and coax, please? I don't want nerds staying in this hotel. But even in paradise, they're still the odd men out. Huh, check out time. Tommy here is the beautiful Olympic-sized swimming pool. We gotta get rid of these guys. We gotta get rid of them in a major way. Get your hands up. Turn around. We outsmarted them, we framed them, and we got them arrested. We're doing nothing! Last year we were messed with, yes, but we fought back and we won. We can do it again, guys. I say we fight back now. It may take vision. Can I get you a drink or something? It may take guts. It may even take all summer. But once again, the odd will get even. Revenge of the Nerds 2. Nerds in Paradise. Okay, so, they basically wrapped up the first story. The nerds won. Good deal. Mm -hmm. They took over the Greek Council. Yeah. And the, we didn't hear anything else from what happened between then and the second one. You didn't hear a damn thing about it. No, and it's like three years later. It's a year. They, they mentioned it's a year later. It's a year later. Because they say, last year we did this. Oh, that's right. But... Oh, this, the actor that played Wormser... Yeah, and the first one was the same one in the second one, but, but they aged him. He, yeah, he was so much older. I thought it was a different actor. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was. But it was supposed to take place a year later, and I think it was three years later. And yeah. when they made the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But they it was supposed to be a year later because they they referenced well last year we did this, but that was at Adams College. This is in Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale Florida. So the reason that they did part two. There was a subplot in part one that got scrapped, where the nerds went to a convention in Las Vegas to meet with the Trilams. Okay. And it was like after, you know, they, they went there and they had a bunch of hijinks in Vegas. And they said, we don't need this. So they, they took it out. 
and they just made their acceptance was like a phone call. Yeah. You guys are in. There was a whole other story that went along, but it went, it was too much for, to be a subplot, but not enough to be its own standalone. Yeah. And it didn't add anything. So they said, it's a fun idea, but no, we're going to cut that. They would have just got, a bunch of miners got drunk and fucked up in Vegas. Yeah. So they just, they just did away with that part. And so then part two, they revived that idea, send them to Fort Lauderdale for basically like spring break. Yeah. And that's how we came up with part two, Nerds in Paradise. Now. Take me, take me back to paradise. paradise. I prefer part two. And it might be because this is the one. That they showed on like a Sunday movie thing. Yeah, it was edited to hell for for TV. What was it thirty minutes? It, it was it was a lot of blank audio. Yeah, and a voiceover actor saying "fudge." Yeah, what the frick? Yeah. So I happened to tape it though because I was like, "Oh, that's coming on." I remember seeing it. I taped it, and so I had a video cassette of. Revenge of the Nerds Part 2. Yeah. And then I... <laughs> then I went, and I hooked up two VCRs, and I dubbed it over to another tape, and I cut out all the commercials. So I could just watch... Like, oh, nice. You know, I, I, I was geeky like that. I did that kind of shit. So I had this videotape of Revenge of the Nerds 2, and I watched it all the damn time. I love that movie. I think it's... Where part one is kind of establishing, building the characters. Mm-hmm. Part two, I think you're familiar with the characters. You know the story. Yeah. It's just fun. It's more fun to me. A couple interesting things about it, though. So, uh, you'll notice that uh, Ted McGinley's not in this one. He was going to be, and then all of a sudden, at the last minute, they just changed and they went a different direction. I don't know. It doesn't specify why they did that. Yeah. But Anthony Edwards who played Gilbert, and Julia Montgomery, who played Betty, refused to be in the second one. Like, absolutely, we're not going to be in it. Uh, Betty just, she's like, I'm not doing it again. Yeah. I'm not doing that movie again. Uh, Anthony Edwards, Gilbert, he he thought that the first movie told a complete story. Yeah. Why do a second one and pigeonhole himself in, and that explains why he was only in bits and pieces of it. Yes. He didn't want to pigeonhole himself to be in goofy-ass comedies. Well, then he, well, he went on to do, like, fuck it, he was on ER for years. Yes. I mean, he became a big established actor. Yeah. Well, he didn't want to do part two because that's what he was going for. So they gave him a broken leg. He couldn't be in the movie. He had a broken leg. So he was in the beginning, and then he appeared in a dream sequence later. Yep, and then he was at the very end. And then at the very, very end. So they didn't use him that often, but he said, he kept saying no, and they kept offering more money and offering more money. And he's like, I, no, I'm not doing it. Finally, they hit a number, and he's like, okay, I'm doing it. So he has at his home, or at the time at least, what he called the Revenge of the Nerds, Nerds in Paradise pool. Because the money that they gave him, he built a pool with. Oh, no shit. They gave him a lot of money just to do those little, they said, we got to have you. He's in the whole, he's in the whole movie and maybe a total of... Five minutes. Maybe. And they paid him a shit ton of money. Now, there's an interesting little situation that develops here. So, in 
the, re- the reason that Betty didn't want to do the movie, uh, uh, Julia Montgomery, is because the script called for her to cheat on Lewis. And she did not want to do that. She thought that it was a, a good, wholesome... Lewis cheats on her in the movie. Yes! So she bows out of the movie. In the beginning, he packs a picture of her in yeah. his suitcase, giving the illusion they're still together. And then he cheats with Sonny in the movie, played by Courtney Thorne Smith. Well, she's so hot. She went on to Melrose Place. And then she she was kind of in the, that vein of the kind of the uh, the teenage dramas. Yeah, she did a lot of those. I, I feel and she I mean she got plenty of work. Oh yeah, you know and she and she came back for the I think the final two. She was at, at least in part three. Was she? She was because they were married. Oh Lord no no yeah, his, his Be- yeah Betty was in part three. Part three, um, or part four, Nerds in Love or whatever, and then Stan Gable came back too. Yes. So they actually, you know, they came back for the shittier versions of the sequels. They had to have been broke. They must have. Or maybe they did it for nostalgia's sake. Who knows? Yeah. But, so, they, the nerds traveled to Fort Lauderdale. And some of my favorite, I mean, I think, while the first one's very quotable, the second one has a lot more quotable moments in it. Because you've established the characters. You don't have to learn who they are. Yeah. So, Booger screaming out the window at, all the girls as they're passing by in the, in the limo. And he loves them. And they, I love you. We're staying at the Royal the Flamingo. And uh, when he gets on the airplane and, and the stewardess goes, welcome aboard. And, and Lamar says, we're VIPs. And Booker says, that means very immense penis. And he gets well, he's in the airport. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I can't sleep another night. Or, yeah. I, I I will not sleep with another woman until I'm back here in your arms. You pig. And slaps. And they're like, Where's Booger at? <laughs> you pig! <laughs> he did it to like every woman he sees. Everybody he passed by. Anyway, like at the beginning, you see he's pack. Everybody's packing their stuff up, and then Booger just he starts throwing condoms in. Yes. And then he just dumps the entire box of condoms <laughs> in his bag. And I'm looking at that bag, and I'm like, dude, why are some of them open? Uh huh. <laughs> that. I just think that the establishing shot where. Uh, Lewis is singing uh, Itsy Bitsy Teeny Weeny Yellow Polka Dot Bikini. Yeah. Then it goes to Devo singing that song. They had a Devo poster on their wall. They did in the first in one. In the first one. So Devo came on board and did a couple songs for him for the second one yeah. on the soundtrack. But yeah, this whole subtext of I don't want Betty to cheat on Lewis, but then he goes and cheats on her. Yeah. And that's never mentioned. No, Lewis is a scumbag. Yeah, in this movie he kind of is a scumbag. Oh, he's a scumbag in the first one too. He was, yeah. So, he, uh, yeah, he cheats on her with Sonny. Now, I can't say we're in the same situation. Maybe I would too. Maybe they had a. Maybe they had one of them, them um, codes where, or rules where if they're not in the same zip code, oh yeah, it doesn't count. Maybe they had an open relationship. Who knows? You know, it's not. It's not. You know, discussed, but. Apparently she was okay with it because she married him. Yeah. So. Well, he became a billionaire. Well, yeah, that probably made him more attractive as well. So the nerds in paradise. I. Uh, the alpha betas try to. And the, oh, you know what? And they uh, never explain, because ogre's at the airport. In the same city they're in. Yeah. He's like they're here, yeah. nerds. They're all there. They're all standing there with binoculars watching them. I thought it was just him. No, I, I because uh, Roger says something like, well, we're going to get rid of him. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Um, oh, no, that was no, that was when they hit Fort Lauderdale. Oh, okay, okay. Because but when, before they got before they left to fly on the plane, Ogre was in the same town they were in. Yeah, they were just getting all their stuff and going to the plane. And then next thing you see is Ogre's in Fort Lauderdale. They never explained why he went from Adams College to hanging out with the Alpha Betas in Fort Lauderdale when they didn't go to the same school. Well, it was a national conference, and each school sent their delegates. Ogre was the delegate? Ogre was a delegate from, from oh, Adams. Yes. And then, it's never mentioned, they never really explain it, but they keep staring at Ogre. He takes that piss for like five minutes. I have an exact timestamp on that piss. It was one minute and 46 seconds. That's a hell of a bladder, dude. Yeah. That's a lot of beer being drank right there. Yeah. Uh, but he did have that big cup he was drinking out of. But in this one, he was eating ice cream out of it. Yeah. I always thought it was potato salad. <laughs> I'm like, why is he just sitting there eating all this potato salad? I mean, I like potato salad. He's like, excuse me. And he pushes it. Yeah. He's like, hey. Yeah, man. So they decide that they're going to fuck him over. and I want to email John Gibbs or Donald Gibbs and find out why Ogre was part of that whole clique. Because they never explained why he went. Well, there was, okay, so there there was that subtext of, or the, the subplot in the first movie that wasn't used. Yeah. Where the, the nerds go to Vegas. There was also a, a kind of a subplot that if you watch the first one, you can pick up on it subtly, but they scrapped it partway through. Where the reason that Stan Gable hated them is because he was a closeted nerd. Oh, no shit. There were, there were parts where, and they didn't use them. But they said that, uh, like, during the Alpha Beta's party, he would sneak off and go to his room and put on his glasses and read a book. And then somebody came into his room and he tucked it away and put it, like, in the in the desk drawer so as not to get caught reading. Because yeah. that's, that's nerdy. It's nerd stuff, yeah. But he was upset, and that's why he was so upset that they got beat, is because he was happy for them, but he wanted to be with them because he was a nerd. Couldn't out himself because his friends would not accept him. That's Stan or Ogre? That's Stan. Okay. Now, Ogre gets outed later for his own nerdiness. But, so, you know, the only reason Ogre was, was hanging around with him, he was a jock. And he got sent by Adams College, for whatever reason, <laughs> to be their delegate. But if you notice, he was buddies with Roger. Yeah. So I would almost assume that Roger was a delegate that wasn't necessarily prominent in the first one. He, yeah, he could have been part of Yeah, he could Adams. have been part of Adams. Uh, and uh, and Tiny, the guy they called Tiny, well, the, the meat they called him later. Yeah, sorry, meat. Yeah. <laughs> so, they decide they're going to fuck him over and get him kicked out of their hotel first off. Yeah. So they get kicked out of the hotel. They meet a hotel worker that's nerdy in his own right, uh, Stuart, and... Uh, Which for the longest time we all thought was a beastie boy. Yes. I. He, growing up, my brother and I both thought he was, one, he was MCA. Well, there's... There is a Beastie Boys connection here. And that would be that MTV had a contest. And the Beastie Boys hosted it. And the contest was to uh, be an extra in this movie. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So there is a there is a Beastie Boys connection, but that's not it. Uh, but yeah, can you imagine being a you know, being a, an extra in this? Just being on set. I can, be, I can imagine being a lot of things on this movie. <laughs> but yeah, MTV had a, a contest where the winner got to be an extra. 
And the Beastie Boys were involved in that. I believe they also contributed a, a song. And I want to say it was the final song in the movie. The rap battle? Yeah. I think Which is probably why it sounded like the Beastie Boys. Yeah, they, they had something to do with, with the movie. So, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of star power that kind of went unnoticed. In the, in the very opening, they did the Star Wars scroll. Yeah. That was Michael Buffer. You know, the announcer, let's yeah. get ready to rumble. That was him. Before he was a million dollars a sign. Yes, that was him reading that. Uh, and there's a lot of voiceover work that, before they were stars. That, yeah. So Michael Buffer was the, did the introduction to this, just like uh, John Larroquette did the introduction to uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No shit. Yeah, that, that prequel is, yeah. you know, uh, this the fate that befell these five, blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah. The, that, that was John Larroquette from Night Court. I love John Larroquette. He's fucking hilarious. So, Michael Buffer did that. Uh, then they had that that beautiful scroll with the pocket protector. And, yeah. And talking about how, you know, how they defeated uh, the, the, the Alpha Betas. And now they need to go to, to discuss Greek life and get work laid. on their dinners and get laid. <laughs> and then they're all packing their bags. They make it there. They get kicked out of their hotel. Because the manager, the acting manager of the hotel. Was an Alpha Beta. Was an Alpha Beta. He did not want nerds in his hotel. Now, the couple that keeps coming in and complaining, like the, the guy gets hit with a coconut. Yeah. Um, and all that. And they get, their their vacation just gets ruined. Every, yeah, for every every second. Every second. They're just, something's happening. I crack up when they come and they're like, I don't know what kind of convention you're having here, but we thought we heard animal noises. And power tools. And power tools. I lost it. I was laughing my ass off during that. So... You know, it's just those little bitty things that they kind of threw in because they could. Because they didn't have to establish who these people were. You know who they are. You know what the story is. It's just rehashing the old story and making it funny. You know, making it hilarious. Just any time that they can make it hilarious. Poindexter's talking to that cardboard cutout of that girl. Yeah, she seems... She's... She... she, He goes, she's got her sister. Yeah. She's quiet. I'm going to go buy her a drink. Yeah, I got to buy this girl a drink. And then he walks into the pool. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, my point after. He's, he's like, can, can I get a can I get a Jack and Coke? Yeah, I need- And I'm looking at that drink. I see that he poured Jack in it. I don't know what the red shit was. It was rum and Coke is what, what he ordered. Yeah, rum I, and for Coke. years, thought he said two Roman Cokes. I thought, what the hell's a Roman Coke? I would love to try one. Yeah, no shit. But it was rum and Coke. But I, it was they didn't make a rum and Coke. No, it was. It was like rum and grenadine. Yeah. Yeah. So. Rum and strawberry vodka. They end up finding a room at the Hotel Coral Essex. In the Rickety Ricardo Suite. Yes. Now that whole scene is amazing. <laughs> Where she's like, and over here is the pool, and there's like bubbles coming out of the She sewer. throws chicken in the pool and something eats it. Yeah, something eats it. Um then she's like, uh, and this is the this is the sauna, and she opens up just smoke rolling out of a fucking <laughs> tin shack. She's like, and this is the gym. And it was a prostitute. It's prostitutes <laughs> and like servicemen waiting in line. Here goes your gym. Yeah. And here yeah. comes your room. And, oh, that's just a little evidence. <laughs> she rolls the carpet back over and says, magic carpet. <laughs> and then she pulls a knife out from underneath the bed yep. frame. I'm just going to go kill your lunch. <laughs> so the booger is intrigued by the neighbor across the hall and the, the old man the old man it's like an old Chinese man do you, do you know who that is I um, wasn't he uh, Lopan he was Lopan 
in uh, Big Trouble. Big Trouble, Little China. So that guy, I mean, J- James Hong, I believe is his yes. name. Yes. Hey, wasn't he in Ninja Turtles movies? And Yeah, he. I think he played Splinter's voice. I think he did. And he was he was in he was in Kung Fu Panda as a voice, I believe. Yeah, he was the um I think he was the master in Kung Fu Panda. He does a lot of voiceover stuff. He does a lot of voiceover stuff, but you see him in a lot especially like martial arts movies. Mm-hmm. I think he was in Bloodsport, maybe. He was in something with, with Van Damme. It wasn't Bloodsport. Um He he was in a lot of stuff. And but he's he's a great actor. James Hong is his name. Let me let me bring him up here because he was he was in a lot of of you know, different stuff. Always a great part. He was like 10 feet tall in Big Trouble Little China. Yeah. No, he was actually 7 feet. So let's just, let's just see from the time that he was in Nerds 2. He said your room was disgusting. Thank you. Thank you. His name was Snotty. 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 So he... James Hong. That's all I got, dude. You're still looking? I'm still, yeah, I'm still trying to get to... Oh, sorry, hold on. Yeah, keep, keep making noise. So, <laughs> uh, he, he was snotty in Revenge of the Nerds too. Then he did, he did a lot of TV. He was in Miami Vice. He was in the Beauty and the Beast TV show with... Uh, with Ron Perlman. With Ron Perlman. Wow. Uh, and Linda um, Linda Hamilton. Yes. The Equalizer, Hunter. I remember Hunter. Hunter was a badass. Yeah. The Equalizer was, too. He was in Hot to Trot with Bobcat Goldthwait, the movie about the talking horse. With John Candy as the horse? Yeah. That's a great movie. He was he was, had a reoccurring role in uh, Tour of Duty, the TV series. I never heard of that, but... Oh, Vietnam era. Oh, okay. Uh, Duty. He was in Tango and Cash. Played Quan. Who the fuck was he entangled in cash? Quan. Well, I know that. <laughs> I was uh, thinking of the same guy, like the guy that was in, like in the the um, Die Hard movies that's always eating the candy bars. Oh, he, uh, he's like one of those guys you don't know who he is, but he's in everything. And that's this. That's this guy. Yeah. Uh, he was in some a bunch of MacGyver, um, Doogie Howser, and then he's. I mean, he's done. He's hung out with. He's hung out with MPH. Yeah. What. Tank Girl. He was in Tank Girl. Tank Girl's a badass movie. I love Tank Girl. And then, you know, like, Kung Fu the Legend continues. He was in Bloodsport 2 and 3. So he wasn't in... he Well, Donald Gibbs was in Bloodsport 2. Okay, yeah. He was in Mulan. He was a voice in Mulan. Yeah, he was one of the dragons. Or he, one of the statues, I think. Chi Fu was the name. Chi Fu. Chi Fu. I think that was one of the statues. And then just, I mean, a ton, it, it, this is, you know, the guy that you don't you don't necessarily know his name, but you, he's that guy. Oh, there's that guy. I know that guy. You know? He's got that voice. You can't, it's that... Yeah. It's a very recognizable voice. And the, his look, because even in, in Big Trouble in Little China, it's just like, just the look. You're like, that fucking guy. I know him from somewhere. You know, even in, in all the makeup and stuff that he was in. So, Snotty kind of takes Booger under his wing to teach him the gross ways. Yes. And that's another nice little kind of sub-story, because he doesn't really serve a purpose other than just being Booger's mentor. Yeah. Taking him to the next level of gross. Grossness. 
Which was awesome. He says, the loogie does not come from the throat. It comes, it comes soul. <laughs> and you see Booger, he's like meditating. Yeah. He's, he's getting that loogie going, and you hear the fly, and then he spits, and the fly's dead. An homage to the Karate Kid. Yeah. You know, where he spits a loogie at the fly. <laughs> so they decide that, first off, they try to eliminate the nerds from the Greek council. By saying you have to adhere to certain physical standards as well as academic. No one fifteen, and it's fifteen. So they have a no one fifteen party, where they they do another musical number. But to get everybody there, they changed the they changed the words, or they took out some of the wording on the sign for the hotel. Yes. The hotel. So instead of saying whatever the hell it was, Hotel Coral Essex, it says Hot Oral Sex. And in the version that I had taped, they briefly flash on that sign as the guy's driving and he looks up. So it's like as he's passing, you see a blur of it and you can kind of make out what it says. And I, at that age, did not know what hot oral sex was. I did. But I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was funny. I, I knew it said sex. Yeah. And I thought it was funny. I had internet back then. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they get a crowd there to party with them. They do their musical number, which is... I feel a, a better musical number than part one. I agree. You know, they they, uh, they just had more production value. And uh, they had they had Stuart that was rapping. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe the Beastie Boys helped to contribute to that. I so. guarantee it. So that made it that made it, you know, good. Stuart. And they got they got fifteen voted down. So then they said, Well, if you do anything illegal, you can be thrown out. Yep. Then they framed them for stealing a car. By luring them in with Sonny, who was unknowingly duped into helping. Yep, and then two other... The two other hotel employees. Yeah. And I loved where they're all out on the beach, and, and they're just like, they're talking to him. And the two girls, Sonny would say something, and then they would go, yeah, totally. And the other one would say, yo. Yo. <laughs> and that was their only line. Yeah. Yo. <laughs> like, you guys are hot, um, but you, you can't act, so we just need you to say this stuff. Yeah, you say totally, and you say yo. Okay, got it? Got it. And then he squirts the lotion on her, and it goes everywhere. He's like, I never rubbed lotion on anybody except, except for Poindexter. You <laughs> see, when he was laying on the beach, he was laying kind of like, like an Egyptian picture. Yeah. And Lamar is making that stand, sand person. It's yeah. the same way, but then he's, like, detailing the dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, they're all hanging out on the beach, and, and then they go on a beer run in the car that was borrowed. Yeah. That they didn't know was borrowed, and they got busted for... Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto, but, and Which I thought was funny is there was, like, so many cops there with their guns drawn for a stolen car. And, and he turns around like... <laughs> Oh, that car, yeah, that car it belongs to the three beautiful girls that are waiting back at the beach. We just came to get beer for him. And he's like, you guys got three beautiful girls waiting at the beach. Yeah, put your hands up, turn around. And they throw them all in jail. Well, Sonny comes and gets them out of jail. Then uh, they kind of are going to expose that they were framed. Yeah. So they, they kidnap them. They yep. put them on a boat and drop them off on a desert island. Now, that, that desert island is the same island that Gilligan's Island used. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So that's, you know, the, the shots, that, that, that's the shots from Gilligan's Island, the, the same island. Well, if these guys can make it back in less than, you know, two hours, 
Well, they found the stash of yeah military military gear. gear. Uh, oh, and then they they threw everybody off. Sunny was going to get saved, and she jumped. She jumped, and then they threw Ogre out because he was just going to tell everybody he's like a secret my ass. I'm yeah. going to tell the world. Yeah, I'm so proud of how they did. I'm going to tell the world, and they're like, and get then Worms or had to save him because he couldn't swim. He couldn't swim. But he like as soon as he got there, he's like, oh, I'm tired of carrying you, and then he eventually came around to. Okay, we're kind of fucked here, and you hear all I've got. Yeah. And they, in a very Gilligan Island esque move, they built a metal detector out of coconuts. Yes. And they found the uh, the well, stash. No, first, first, they got high. That's right. They all got high. Yeah. And that's why I think that's why Ogre fell in with them is because they they got him high. Yeah. And he's like, uh, "What if C A T really spells dog?" <laughs> and they're like, whoa. Oh, that's really deep. Because they're like talking about the universe and how everything is infinite bigness and infinite smallness. Yeah. And oh, you can look at Ogre's face and he has no idea what they're talking about. He can't understand a fucking thing. And then he just chimes in with that. And there's like, oh, yeah. That's heavy, Ogre. Dog. Well, and that's when they're all passed out and Lewis has his vision. Yeah. And he's dreaming and Gilbert comes to speak to him and tell him, like, with his Jedi robes on. Yeah, he was like a Jedi, a Force ghost. And he's like, Gilbert, I, I was having a great dream with three nearly naked ladies. And they show him in like their little see-through nightgowns oh, and shit. Yes. And yes. he's like, they're not real. I'm not real. This is still a dream. Look. And he's laying there like, uh. And so the, the, he has his little inspirational speech. And Lewis rallies the troops. And they find that they are on the island of, uh, where is it? What the hell is his name? Cortez? No. That's, no. a, that's a real guy. Yeah, Cortez is a real guy. Um, San Pedro. Yes, he guess. And they find that there is a stash of military gear. That he stole. That he stole and hid on the island. And they find the underground... It was like bunker. during the like, War of Pigs or some shit. Yeah, the Bay of Pigs. Bay of Pigs, yeah. So they, they, find, they find this stash, and they get this amphibious vehicle, tank. like a tank that floats, <laughs> and they run back through the... Uh, that same couple. The same couple. They run through their picnic, their beach picnic, and send them running, and then run right into the uh, hotel. Greek Council. Yeah, right into the Greek Council, right into the conference room. And just as they're getting ready to uh, to say, let's throw them out, they get up, they say their little speech. He said, it's the nerds, they're back. And they're And bad. they're bad. And they're all in their military gear. Uh, apparently they stole a uh, camouflage bikini, because that's what Sonny was wearing. Yes, she was. Uh, Point extra has hair all spiked up yeah, again. Trevor asked me about it. He goes, how did he get his hair spiked up like that? He goes, that's a lot of gel. I said, that was probably egg whites, dude. Yeah. So back then, it's probably egg whites. Yeah. It's probably something that they found Yeah. in the island. Maybe it was coconuts. Could have been coconut, yeah. Yeah. He was pretty resourceful. He actually was. So they uh, they, they save the day again. He punches Roger. And Lewis yeah. Does, he punches Roger. And Roger starts yelling for Ogre. And Ogre's like, Pfft. Yeah. He was uh, confused for a second. Yeah. He's like, no, you left me on the island. Yeah, t- tell me, what do all these people have in common? I don't know, Raj. They're all wearing green. green. <laughs> <laughs> so, the nerds triumph once again. Lewis gets yet another girl. Cheats on his girlfriend back mm-hmm. home. Which we still don't know if they had an open relationship. Yeah, we don't know what was up with that. But, uh... Area code thing. Yeah, it had to have been. A zip code, zip area code. code. Um, so... Then, then uh, time zone. You know, it's a, a a happy ending once again. Now, just different things uh, that that stuck out when they 
tried to scare him off the first time with the Seminole, mm-hmm. uh, and they sacrificed the Virgin. Oh, yeah. And Poindexter says, bite my crank. He speaks, he says, bite my crank in two different languages in this. Uh, he says it in Spanish, and then he says it in Seminole. When did he say it in Spanish? He said it in Spanish when they're running, they just first get to the hotel, and Lewis says, you guys go ahead and check, I'll check in, you guys go ahead and go, and Booger's taking his pants off as he's hopping through the lobby. Oh, yeah. And... So he runs up and he's looking around and he sees all these girls in bikinis and thongs and he's like, oh my God, how do you say bite my crank in Spanish? Oh yeah, that's right. And he says it and he's like, what? I'm polydactyl. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, he gets he gets to say uh, bite my crank in two, two different, different languages. languages. Now, we, we said that this spawned a couple more sequels. The the third one was Nerds in Love. Mm-hmm. And no, third one was Next Generation. Next Generation. That's right, Next Generation. And I can't remember if it was his kids. It was. It was. I think it was. It was him and Betty's kids. Uh, Lewis had the ponytail. Yeah. Um, he, he was. He was the anti nerd. He forgot who he was. Yeah, he forgot who he was. He had made billions of dollars, and he was corporate. Yeah. And so that because he even got rid of his laugh. Yeah. And uh, so it was dealing with the Next Generation. They they had. Uh, a whole new group of, of nerds that were finding their way. It wasn't that great. That no. movie sucked. No. The fourth one, I believe, was a made-for-TV movie. And that was one where Booger got married. Booger got married, and all of them came back for the yeah. wedding. But that one was even worse. So they kind of... They, you know, they tried to have a TV show. It didn't work. Um, I, I think that they actually went as far as to have a pilot. It just didn't work. Well, then, the guy that played Lewis and uh, the guy that played Booger... They did uh, they King, King of the Nerds. They did King of the Nerds, but that wasn't supposed to be King of the Nerds at the beginning. They wanted it to be Beauty and the Nerd. Beauty and the Geek. That was the, a diff- I thought that was a different show. It was. That was their original idea, and they said, no, we're not going to do that. And then they went ahead and did it, but not with them. Yeah. And they gave them the King of the Nerds. And that didn't that lasted a season. I think it was two seasons. Maybe two. It, was, it wasn't it wasn't great. No. But it was it was it was okay. It was nice to see those guys back, but I think that they they the people, the contestants, played it up too much. Yeah. They they were they were trying to personify someone that they weren't. So it I don't know. Just I think part two was more fun. Mm. I think they should have stopped. Yeah, because nothing good happened first. after that. No, um, unless see, it's much the same as horror movies. I think if they could have had Nerds in Space, it would have been good. That'd been funny as shit. Nerds in Space would have would have been great because Muppets in Space worked. Yeah, Muppets in, and Jason went to space. Pigs in Space. Pigs in Space is awesome. Jason went to space. That was awesome. Pinhead went to space. That was awesome. Leprechaun went to space. That was awesome. Why can't the nerds go to space? Or Maybe they should take this idea and they should have Jason and Pinhead and Leprechaun go to paradise. They should go to spring break. <laughs> well, uh, I can just see Pinhead in his pale ass sit wearing a pair of uh, swim shorts. Yes. <laughs> a pair of, of black, like, vinyl swim, like the, the, the Lycra swim. <laughs> oh. I have such sights to show you. <laughs> Back in my room. <laughs> <laughs> your, your suffering will be legendary. In paradise. 
Nerds in space would have would have worked. And Jason just just continue to hack people because he can't swim and right. He doesn't like the water. He doesn't like the water. So yeah, he would either suck. hack people or he just sit in his room. Yeah, mope, <laughs> mope. <laughs> it's not Friday the Thirteenth. Michael Myers can't do anything because it's not Halloween. He never went to space. No, he should have. Yeah, Halloween in space. Halloween in space. So I don't know. I just thought it was more fun. Uh, it was it was one that stuck with me more through my childhood. I think it had something to do with the age I was. Yeah, we were older when that one came and out. And all the bikinis, thongs, wet nighties, and see-through negligees. Yeah. I think that, that had a lot to do with the reason I liked it more. You can have the microphone as soon as I'm done. Wet nighty contest, by the pool, five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wet nighties. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but yeah, dude, Ogre, Ogre is my favorite character. Yeah, Ogre is, is my favorite, you know, as far or the most memorable, I'd say. My favorite nerd is Poindexter, but like I said, it. My favorite nerd would be Booger. Booger's one I identify with, because that was me. You know, yeah. I, I was because he, he doesn't really fit in with the nerds. No, he was like the cool stoner. He was a stoner. Yeah, and that was like without really getting overly stoned. That was me in high school. You know, <laughs> I, I you know, long hair. I wore a leather jacket. Yeah. Uh, if I would have had a shirt that said "Who farted," I would have worn it. Um, he had some great T-shirts. This whole he did the the whole series. He had great T-shirts. So, Revenge of the Nerds Part One and Two. I would say both worth a shot. Worth yeah. you know, give, give those two a very watch. Very memorable for us. Yeah, very memorable and very uh, I mean, quotable. We we still quote it even if we don't realize we're quoting it. Yeah, um, we still quote those movies. I think the first one, in my opinion, is a. Is better. I think it's a better story, but I think that the script, the writing for the second one, was done much better. Well, because they already had the the, the they had the characters established. characters established, and the 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 bones of that script was already there from the subplot of going yeah. to Vegas. Um, I, I, the reason I like number two better, it was more like going on vacation with friends. Yeah. Because you already knew these people. You already knew what they were about. You already knew what they were going to overcome. You kind of knew what the movie was going to be. So you could sit back and enjoy mm-hmm. almost like a vacation with friends that you saw three years ago. Yeah. You know? Everything was established. You didn't have to work or figure anything out. You could just sit there and enjoy the scenery. And I think I remember, I think I read somewhere that when they were spun around on that wall. Yeah. Booger had his hand on Lamar's thigh. Yep. That was not intentional. No. No. When when uh, Lamar, when they chase him out and he goes, oh, my blouse. And he goes to grab his his blouse and it falls in the gator pit. Yeah. You can see one of the alpha betas tried to step on it to keep it from going in the gator pit. I did see that. And so, you know, you know they were thinking, oh, shit, it just went in with the alligators. <laughs> well, hopefully we got that scene done. Yeah. Well, and they step on Ogre's ass as he's having sex with the, yeah. the girl. He's that like, oh, I'm going to kill you guys. Don't, yeah. Don't you stay right there. <laughs> but, yeah, just a fun movie. Both of them, fun movies. Uh, both, I mean, both of them have some things that are very dated in them. But I think it's an important part of 80s culture that, you know, needs to, needs to continue. Yeah. I saw somewhere, and I don't quite understand this. But I don't remember who even did it. It might have been Rolling Stone or some Entertainment Weekly, something, some magazine. or They made a list of 500 movies that were nominated for the best movies in the last decade or whatever. Uh, they narrowed it down to 100. 
Yeah. I don't think Revenge of the Nerds made it into the final hundred, but it did make the five hundred. No shit. That's still pretty That's still pretty good. Pretty good. You know, if you figure, you know, ten or twenty years worth of movies. Yeah. And this is the five hundred that made the cut, they made it. Well, and then you also gotta think like, okay, who's who's in charge of these votings? Because they didn't ask they didn't ask viewers. No. They no, never do. No, it's always it's always somebody in um, the Film Actors Guild. Yeah, the industry. Screen, screen Actors Guild. Yeah. And. SAG. That's called SAG. SAG. Yeah, SAG. A lot of those guys can suck on my saggy balls. <laughs> Just because I don't care for a lot of people in the film industry. Right. But you got. I bet Tom Cruise doesn't remember that. Oh, I guarantee it, dude. He can he can be first in line. Uh, <laughs> and Jake Busey, right? Jake Busey, right behind him. No, he'll, he'll be too busy trimming his bangs. Trimming his bangs. Hold on a second. <laughs> uh, but you get a lot of those guys. I mean, it's it's like the like when you look at Rotten Tomatoes or yeah, you know, like who votes for this shit? You know, it's you know I know like Rotten Tomatoes they get a lot of their stuff from the viewers. Yeah. But then you got the other ones like the Flixer or whatever it is. That doesn't. That comes from, I believe, like the um, the film critics. Mm-hmm. And film critics suck. They don't know a fucking good movie to save their life. No. Like okay, well, like say, say you like Tom Cruise or Ben Affleck is in this movie, and say the the film critic hates Ben Affleck. Like Ben Affleck did Batman. Yeah. I thought he was great. They gave Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman, a low score. Yeah, because they didn't like him. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, even like the Justice League movies, yeah. which they just redid, and I watched all four hours of it, <laughs> and it was phenomenal. Yeah? I loved it. Um, again, Ben Affleck's Batman. I fucking, he's up there with Michael Keaton with me. And... But these guys, they, they don't know a fucking good movie from their hole in their ass. No. They just, okay, I think, I honestly think that they get paid. Somebody say, like, okay, we need you to give this movie a good score so people go watch it. And like, okay, they get a good score, fucking people go watch it, and they say, this movie's fucking phenomenal, blah, blah, blah. People go show up and go to the fucking movie, that movie fucking blew. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what the fucking movie was about. Yeah. Well, it was like, what was it, um, Hereditary. See, I like that movie. I thought that movie was dumb as fuck. That movie, that movie got me. That movie, I mean, my wife and I, we watched it together and like, what the fuck did we just watch? And we've watched some shitty fucking movies. Uh-huh. And I mean, when, I when that when that girl pings her head off that light post, though. Yeah. That that was fucked up. I, I was like, holy shit, did they just do that? Yeah, and they killed her. Yeah, I was into that. And But, I mean, the rest of the movie... I was just like, what the fuck, dude? Mm-hmm. Well, I know that uh, at least uh, this part two, Roger Ebert didn't didn't like it. Roger Ebert just said it sucked. Well, Roger Ebert didn't like anything after, after Siskel died. No. I think, was Siskel still alive? This was 87 that came I don't out. know when he died. I'm not sure when he came out. But when Roger Ebert died. hasn't liked a movie in fucking 30 years. No. Uh, Roger Ebert did... Most of the shit that... that we, I think he hated Titanic. Well, I don't blame him there. But That's a good movie, man. Uh, Roger Ebert just said that it had a very shallow understanding of what it means to be a nerd. He doesn't know anything about being a nerd. He, he, he's a rich dummy. <laughs> he, 
he said that it it lacked the laughs and the didn't have any really likable characters. He said that uh, that like Animal House succeeded in creating unforgettable characters, well, and Nerds Two just they, had a bunch of guys. If they if Nerds Nerds Revenge of the Nerds had some very likable characters, yeah, and if they would have done an Animal House sequel, it would have probably not as been as good as you know the original. Because you can't that, that's you know bottling lightning right there. Yeah. You can't do it twice. No, and it was, it was like with Coming to America. Yeah, I love the original. Thought it was it's one of my favorite movies. I watched the second one. I liked it. I mean, I, I I did love the movie. I thought it was funny. Not as funny as the first. Not even close. No, no, not at all. Well, there were other critics that mm, they liked it to a certain degree. They said that both of the movies relied on having a built-in audience of people who were ostracized during adolescence. They relied on that, and they built jokes around that. That was the whole premise of the movie. Instead of building a story. And they said that the original was erratically funny, but the sequel seemed forced. So, I don't know. They, they, and they also say that the nerds are too brutish in the way that they achieve victory. And well, then they, they outsmarted everybody. Well, they said that they're too brutish, and in that moment where they achieve victory in both movies, that at that point it's hard to differentiate their values from the ones that have been basically bullying them the whole time. So they become their bullies. Well, then that's where Lewis becomes. He becomes the bully in the third one. Right. I don't know if they if they actually um, well, thought he, that far ahead. Yeah. Well, in the third, he became a self hating nerd. Yeah, yeah, he was a self-hating nerd. So I guess everything came full circle by the third movie, but yeah. that's when they start sucking. So, any, you know, it was had a lot of negative reviews. It was a box office success in the grand scheme of things, and I know a lot of people that say they feel more comfortable introducing their kids to the second to one. the second one, which I can see. Well, there's there's it's not as raunchy as the first no, one. not at all. It's not as raunchy and not as cringy. No, so. No, maybe that maybe it's it's more wholesome. It did have a PG thirteen rating as yeah. opposed to the R rating of the first one, so they did try to target it to a little younger audience. Yeah. I feel, but they still achieved the raunchiness with Booger and with the sporadic nudity mm-hmm. and the raunchy. They had raunchy jokes in it, but it wasn't as bad. No, so I, uh, in my opinion, but you did notice. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but the 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 acting manager. Like he he slaps Sonny's ass. Yeah, he grabs her ass. He grabs her ass. Yes, I did notice that because when he smacks her ass, she tilts her head to the side and walks funny. Yeah, and I was like, that's kind of weird. And then um, he's in the meeting. He's when he's on the phone. He's always like ordering, uh, was it like whipped cream and strawberries? Yeah, yeah. Put some strawberries in the room. And then uh, when they she barges in the meeting, he's sitting there reading a hustler. Yep. And like he's continuing to read it while she's in there. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude. Well, and he's got the girl in his office when she barges in the one time, and he's yeah. like kissing up her arm or kissing her leg. I think or something. he was kissing her legs. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a sleazeball. He was very much of a sleazeball, but not someone you want to look up to. No, but no. he was one of those guys who was trying to hold on to his coolness from college, and 
he's like, I'm the manager of this amazing hotel in Fort Lauderdale, and I can get any woman I want. Yeah. Type of guy. Yeah. And then he, like, draws his hair on his head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, both of them, very good. I think it's it's one of the rare cases where I like the sequel better than the original. Uh, but I think it's one of the rare cases that the sequel holds its weight as much as the original. Yeah. I think it, it carries its own weight. So, what, what I mean, what do you think comparing the two? I Like I said, I think the original, in my opinion, is better. Just because I like the original better. I mean, it's just how I felt about yeah. it, you know. Um, it made me laugh more. I can but, see that. Like I said, the the second, I think the writing for the second one was done better at like they the, well they had more money for it, one yeah and it just well they also had a bar set it's like yeah. okay here's where the first one was we at least need to achieve that and they I think they got close mm-hmm. but I do you know just growing up with those movies I I like I said the original was better like, I like the raunchiness better um, the character they had better I think they had better characters better villains yeah. In the original, yeah. It, the second one, I think, it was a Raj. He was just a copycat of Stan. Mm-hmm. But I do like that actor. He's a dick in everything he's in. <laughs> Some people are just they play a good yeah. asshole. I mean, he he was in Happy Gilmore. Or no, no, Billy. He was in Billy Madison. Yes, he was. He was the guy who was his swinting little, little sleaze ball. Yeah, assistant manager. Yep. But he had weird balls too. Yeah. Um. He had weird balls. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, other than other than having ogre in the second one, yeah, I think my opinion is still the first one's well, and a far superior movie than the we, second. We we actually skipped over a, a big part, the or ending of the, the, second, the one. second one there, uh, involving ogre. Yes, ogre embraces his nerdiness and joins with the nerds, and they actually induct him as a trilam. They do, and then he's in the fourth one for the wedding. Yeah. And he's still the same same character, but he looks like Donald Gibbs. You know, he's got the big beard. He just looks like a big, mean biker, but he's still playing an ogre. Yeah. And he's a slob. Well, he was even a slob because they go to give him the spoonful of... Yeah, he drinks all of that shit. He drinks that big... And that that stuff was gross. Yes. Uh, But Snotty was involved in making the punch. Yep. So he he must have been an honorary tri-lamb at that point. Yeah. then they, they bring Ogre, and they call him by his given name. Frederick. Frederick Aloysius. Ogre Louis. Yeah. Frederick. Oh, yeah, Fred. sorry. Yeah, so sorry. Sorry, Louis. So, I mean, kind of a, a, a feel-good moment there at the end, and, and they you know he has, takes this little pledge to always be true to who he is, mm-hmm. and then he does the nerd laugh. Yep. And that's kind of how it ends. And then they finally do the high five, and they hit hands. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they actually make it. Yep, and that makes a trilam symbol. Yeah. But great, I mean, I, I thought a great duo of movies. Can't say it's a great series because, like I said, the final two suck. Yeah. So. I think we should get Sam together and we should all dress up as trilams. Yeah. Sure. Get Sam, get Moose. We should, we should do, after we do our Cloud Shotters podcast network, I... Nude photo shoot. We should do Trilam photo shoot. We're doing a nude photo shoot. Well, yeah, remember we talked about it. We're gonna just have sashes and crowns. Oh yeah, because we all won awards. The CSPNs. I'm just gonna wear a crown. The CSPN potties over my junk. Okay. 
It's going to be a small crown. <laughs> Let's go get you one of those Burger King crowns. <laughs> All right, we're off the rails. Yeah, yeah, way off the rails. We've been off the rails. So, we'll go ahead and wrap it up then. So, uh, for the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power, I'm Mikey. I'm Corey. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Retro Renegades Pop Culture Power Hour. If you want to talk to the show, drop us an email. RetroPowerHour at gmail.com We'll see you next week.